0: Check out that lack of lag. Look at that.
1: Lagless in Seattle.
0: Lagless in Detroit. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of Triple Feature. My name is Emma.
1: I'm Freddie.
2: And I'm Seabair.
0: And today we have a very special guest with us. It is a returning guest. Um... Joel, introduce yourself.
3: Hi, I'm Joel. Um, I was on here back probably about two months ago um, to talk about Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Um, I am a member of the Osage Nation. I live in Kentucky and I somehow convinced them to let me back on.
0: Yeah, he put a gun to (laughs) all of our heads and we were like freaking fine okay yes. you can be on the podcast again Jeez.
1: and i do think we need a little more information please give me your sign yeah, it, it, your it, it's a, address it's and your, your social security we want number.
0: your your sun your moon and your rising
2: and your um, social security we also, number. Need, yeah. we also need those please give me your social security your number. card yeah those three <laughs> yeah.
0: digits are very important <laughs> In order to <laughs> buy all of the digital media that we can possibly buy.
1: No, fuck that. We're buying physical. we about to we hit up eBay physical. like it's nobody's business.
0: Exactly. So listen, uh, we appreciate you coming back. I don't know yes, why yes, yes. you want to be on this podcast with us. It might just be because it's the best podcast ever. But, yeah, because um,
1: we're cool. Welcome to downtown Coolsville. Population? Four. Anybody?
0: I don't know what you're talking about, Freddie.
1: I don't knows. <laughs> finish, finish it off for me. I don't know the line. I haven't seen it in a while. It, it's it's population, us. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, you could have just said that.
2: <laughs> I just thought somebody Freddie, would have it. Freddie, I'm not going to lie. The only thing that has stuck with me since college with living with you is can you dig it? Because that was your Can stupid fucking you alarm.
4: Dig it,
1: so. <laughs> I used to drive crazy. That was my alarm in college. It would wake me up in the morning. But except it wouldn't wake me <laughs> up. It would wake up everybody but me. Yes. And they would get pissed because it would go off for ten minutes.
0: That's really good. That's good lore. That's good lore that we need to know. We need to know these details. Um I'm here for it. Um so listen. Uh, if you want to listen to Um, The episode where Joel was a guest last, that was on our Full Metal Jacket episode where we kind of revisited Killers of the Flower Moon with Joel's perspective. If you want to listen to our Killers of the Flower Moon episode, go to the Killers of the Flower Moon episode. We have really kind of talked about Killers of the Flower Moon quite a bit. So uh, this is the Killers of the Flower Moon Stan podcast. We stan it. Um, So anyway... We appreciate you coming back. Um, We have a great episode for you, everybody. We have a lot that we want to talk about. It's been a week. Yes. Um, For example, the Oscar nominations came out uh, earlier this week as of recording. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Some thoughts about that. Um, And... We're going to talk about our favorite films of 2023 this episode with a top 10 discussion. Um, Full disclosure, we recorded almost two hours of this podcast already and lost an audio file. So this is the second time we're having this conversation, and the first time you're hearing it. Yes. So this is um, the retake. This is retake for so, uh, all
1: of you. You know, you're getting a little. You're getting a little BTS. And yeah, I'm not just we're, talking about lore. Korean men. I want
2: to <laughs> see the wizard.
0: Yeah. So anyway. But because we have so much to talk about, um, we are gonna um, try to not make it. this a two plus hour episode, and we're gonna get through our recently watched real fast. Real all right. Fast. So so if that means that we're gonna skip some of the movies that we've watched, that's just what that means. But and I have if so you many. have an idea, if you have like a if you have like a, an inkling to to want to know what we've been watching and logging uh follow us on Letterbox where you can see what we've been watching and what we've been rating it uh so we're going to start with joel since you're our guest get us started and then make sure you drop your letterbox when you're finished so people know where to find you to to know what else you've been watching
3: Heck yeah. Yeah, so note for the audience, if you ever want to come on the Triple Feature podcast, they will put you on the spot immediately. Yes, Um, you have to go first. (laughs)
1: That's how we do it.
3: So the last week, um, I have been just slamming 2023 releases in preparation for this. Um, That being said, I'm not going to go over it. Um, uh, But I wanted to hit on uh, Fallen Leaves because I think it is a very unique rom-com um i think we're in a really interesting space with them right now where we're getting stuff um that's you know more safe i would say with something like anyone but you Mm -hmm. um but then we're also getting things like rye lane which is super stylized and then this which is also super stylized but very understated Mm -hmm. in doing that it's super dry um I, i i think the humor really works for me um but then also um, I don't know if you guys have heard Invisible String by Taylor Swift. Um, but <clears throat> there's there's one of those between our two lead characters of this movie. Like mm. very little, if anything, happens to one character that doesn't somehow, some way uh involve the other. For so sure. I thought I thought that was really interesting to to watch uh, play out. I um, also watched Sanctuary, which I thought was very fun. Hmm. Um, I am a big fan of Chamber Pieces, movies that take place in one location, because to do them well, you have to have not only competent actors that can carry a movie, especially like this when there's only two, uh, but you also have to have a super tight uh, script. And also, you ha- I think you have to have a reason for the movie that only exists in one spot. And this checks all those boxes, Um it 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 also ends really sweet, no spoilers or anything. But yeah, for so much of it, it's like, oh my god, this is this is kind of a tough watch at it's times. It's super intense. But then at the end, yeah, yeah, very intense. But at the end, you're like, oh, that was kind of sweet. I'll watch that again. Yeah. Or at least I was. Um, but then the the last movie I wanted to touch on really quick is The Prowler from 1981. Uh, it was directed by Joseph Zito, um, who actually also directed uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Final chapter, which is not the final Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's four out of like thirteen. But yeah. anyway, um, so <laughs> it is a very, very, I'd say typical like B movie slasher from the eighties. Um, it's short, so like it's got that going for it. Um, but it has kind of like a, a My Bloody Valentine quality, like a scorn lover um, type. Character um, in, in this case is not dressed as a minor. He's dressed it as a soldier because this takes place the opening of this takes place right after World War 2 and then it like goes forward in time um, Which sounds dumb, but it, it makes sense in the movie um, but yeah, I mean I'm gonna be real the acting's nothing to write home about the writings nothing to write home about it's it, it's not a great movie but you're really selling up. Tom. Yeah, I know. But hey, I, I'm I'm gonna sell you right now because Tom Savini said that he thinks that this is his best work, and honestly, from what I've seen, I think I have to agree. The the the, the kills are so wonderfully gory, and in some cases, so over the top. Uh There were times like there were kills. I was like, I I have no idea how you do that. Like practically, Um yeah. It, so. If if for no other reason, go watch The Master at the top of his game.
0: Nice. All right, you sold me. All right. Um, sold me. Sieber, you're next. Oh, All right. wait. Before you start, Joel, your letterbox for people?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, just real quick for anybody who doesn't know who Tom Savini is, um, he... Uh, did Dawn of the Dead, uh, the original by George Romero. He also was involved in Friday the 13th, The Burning, uh, George A. Romero's Martin, Creepshow, and uh, f- among so many others, uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Um, you can find me on Letterboxd at Try the Buffer.
0: Try the Buffer. You heard me here first, folks. Okay, now Connor. see bear <laughs> what do you got for us?
2: Yeah, like we were saying, it's been a long week. We've lost the recording. We did early because I went to oral surgery. I'm now fine with my teeth, but it's not done with my teeth. So there might be another episode where we might have to record early or whatnot. But uh, because of that, I watched a lot of movies. Those movies you can find at Big Papa Sea Bear on Letterboxd. But the only two I'm going to talk about is. David Fincher's The Game from 1997. I This is a movie that I blind picked from the Barnes & Noble uh, Criterion sale. Uh, I wanted to get this because I think David Fincher is probably one of my favorite directors now. Um, I really like him a lot. Uh, this movie is very good. You can see... He's somebody where I went down a rabbit hole of directors that started off with uh, music videos and ended up making become becoming like a big career that first became with Michael Bay's Armageddon and knowing that he did Meat Loaf's uh, I'll Do Anything for Love. And then with David <laughs> Venture, he did Madonna's Vogue uh, music video. Uh, but with the game, you can just see... Like he did seven and then the game, but even with the game, it's like, oh, you can see the style of David Fincher. Like this is a David Fincher movie, um, and did, even did though you, it's not,
0: um, did yeah. you watch The Killer from this year?
2: No, I've not. True. I'm basically getting there because a podcast that I listen to, Blank Check, uh, did or did a mini series about David Fincher, and so I'm trying to watch all of David Fincher's movies before. Uh, listening to that mini series for that. Yeah, you uh, should definitely
0: but, get into it. I really liked it. Yeah. Oh, sorry I, I've seen. I've, I've
2: seen most of his movies, but he's someone where like, yeah, I need to like finish it cuz I haven't seen Mank. and yeah, I think that's pretty much it, it is. Oh, and uh a uh, girl with the dragon tattoo. But okay. like I really like uh Social Network. I like I love Zodiac. So it's like yeah, like He's. She's just someone that's always on my mind. But then, uh, then other other than that, I follow. I listened to Freddy from last week, and watched Skidamarink, and I Yo. think pretty much my thoughts on Skidamarink are just that. It's for to put it to what we recorded last week. Skidamarink feels like a good four hundred three project for art people this feels like a good senior thesis project and something where the conversation is more of art art is like in the eye of the beholder it's something where of like you know people going and seeing a jackson pollock painting and being like i can do that but it's like no like it, like like art art is everything and if it's like if you can do that then do it and and with Skinner rink i feel like it's just this weird argument of people being frustrated with the movie because it's so abstract in a way in the vein of like it is you know watching paint dry from a wall but it's not like a movie like Evil Dead or Days and Confused or Clerks that are also you know big indie darlings that are inspiring for filmmakers to be like oh if they can do this with that small of a budget then I can make it but I do feel like in the horror community specifically with conversations i feel like there are people that click with skidmer rank but for me i just find it frustrating from a art perspective for me whereas i i can see the 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 value of this movie but i'm just more of like struggling with like why like is there a bigger meaning than just what is being presented to me and stuff and so that's what made me frustrated with the movie
1: yeah. I will say did you watch it when you watched it did you watch it on like your TV speakers or do you have like a sound system or anything?
2: I watched it yeah I just watched it with no headphones but the thing is is like I watched it really late at night so like there really like was no uh sound like distracted okay. me basically like I was locked in it was just something of like pre- pretty much like I understood like what was happening. I understood, like, what was going on. It was just something of, like... it Because I've seen... Because horror is, like, a subgenre that I really like, it was something where, like, it's not really scaring me in the vein of, like, I understand how people are getting scared of it. It's just something of, like, I was getting more frustrated of, like, being in that mindset of, like, being in art class and being, like... How how am I going to critique this piece of the, You know this this short film And be like well you could do this differently And stuff of like again like I'm still Confused of why it's set in the 90s When it's shot like it could Have been in the 70s and you know Little things like that that I wish I could Talk to the director about but yeah
1: Yeah I mean I think I think that's fair I do think I watched it with I watched it on my TV but With wireless headphones And I do think, I do think the sound design is, it's imperative to the movie as like a whole. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Skin and Marink, And that's part of the reason why why I like it as much as I do is it's polarizing. And I think, you know, it's not, there's, I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of films like that where it is, it's not, it's not. It's not gonna be for everybody, but it is one of those things where it's like even if it's not for you, you still kind of recognize like why yeah, like, why it is people are drawn to of it in this the first movie. place. Yeah. yeah. Like I still recognize yeah, I the value. Why so yeah. I'm
0: very I think that's why I'm very gentle with my like letterbox rankings and other, you know, sort of critiques is because like they're the ones making this they're the ones putting the effort into this and i'm not Mm -hmm. so like yeah i can you know just because i don't like something doesn't mean that there's not value in it and um you know i didn't make it so you know i think that's something that people need to remember when they're like looking at things that they think well anybody could do that it's like well you didn't do it they did do it so just appreciate it for what it is um, but yeah, um, I still haven't watched Rink. I don't think I will. I might.
4: Yeah,
1: maybe one day. Yeah. One day it'll be like you'll <laughs> just show up to the podcast. One day it will be like, I watched Skidamarink. Or y'all like, are just no gonna way. have to
0: force me to watch it by like making it an episode or yeah. something.
1: Well, you got to watch more. I will say, I would. You got to watch some more of my girl before you watch Skin and Maroon.
0: Well, I have a literally so much to watch. Listen, so. a-
1: a- Agnes V. <laughs> top of the list. Top top of the list.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of Freddie's list.
1: Yes, speaking of my list. So, I have um, a whopping. Two, I guess technically three. I watched a movie in between our last time attempting to record <laughs> this and now. Whoa! Uh, that I watched the bad man. So I saw me and Emma and some of our friends went and saw Poor Things in the theater. Ew. And so, um, more on that later. <laughs> but then the other movie say that your I watched might have changed. <laughs> uh, the other movie that I watched was Maestro because it was the only best picture nominee that I hadn't already seen or needed to go to a theater to see or needed to pay $6 to see. Um, so that was the deciding factor of why I watched Maestro. Um, I will admit I didn't know really anything about, uh, Leonard Bernstein, Leonard Bernstein. Um, prior to seeing the movie so I definitely wasn't the target demographic for yeah. this movie. I was actually just talking with a coworker um earlier today about this and she was uh or th- they she they oh no. um anyway they're more interested in this in Leonard Bernstein like they knew more about them mm. and um they were telling me that, um, so I was so we were we were talking about it, and they were saying they were going to watch it, and I said, you know, if you know more about this man, you know, it, you might be the target demographic for this. But as far as the filmmaking goes, technically, it, it's a very well executed movie. Yeah, the cinematography is really like top notch. The direction is mm-hmm. very top notch the acting, there's some big scenes in particular that stand out in my head is like, these are genuinely really well-crafted scenes. Yeah. But it definitely, like, if you don't know who this person is, this is this film is far more of a marriage drama than a biopic. Yeah. So if you don't have the context of this man going into it, it is like you are watching a
0: almost like a fictional story about some yeah some conductor who's yeah
3: Yeah. and that's that was was my main takeaway after it ended was it's like so i have a background in musical ensembles i was in band and choir in school up to and including college but like just choir in college so like i know who leonard bernstein is bernstein bernstein i know who he is um but like i don't think the movie does enough to make somebody that doesn't know who he is know why he's this esteemed conductor because we get like one line where it's like he could be the first great American composer and that's never really touched on again mm-hmm. um, so like I, I appreciate that they went with the marriage drama route and I can see why they did that um, but I think that the movie falls short in helping people understand why they should care about this guy
1: yeah and with having another like 24 hours to marinate on it all, part of me just kind of thinks like I am pretty cynical when it comes to biopic movies Same. in general. I am so too. part of me is like, am I just complaining even though this is more or less what I would want from a biopic exactly. movie? Is like something different. So I don't know. If I end, I don't know if I'll watch it again. If I do, I might have like a slightly higher opinion on it. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm like, this is a good movie. Mm hmm. It, but it's not necessarily one that's going to draw me back into it anytime soon. But I can completely understand the people that it's like, oh, yes, it's this is right up my alley. And I love this movie. I don't I I can I can fully understand why somebody would feel that way. What's um, the movie
0: that you watched in between our recordings?
1: So it was a little rewatch for me. Um, I I rewatched the documentary A League of Ordinary Gentlemen, which is a bowling documentary about the, it's about the revival of, um, the televised PBA tour. So if you have any interest in bowling, you you know, what was that?
2: (laughs) Who do you think you are? I am.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, literally Pete Weber is one of the main people that they follow in this documentary. Um, I remember you showed so, me this in college. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I, I, I love bowling, so it's it's definitely like, you know, I I enjoy it, but it's like if you like bowling, it's a it's a pretty interesting documentary because it is like, the the PBA tour went off the television, it, like they stopped televising it because of bad ratings, and then it got it got bought, and then like the story kind of follows them trying to like revitalize it and it follows some it follows some people that are successful in that and then it follows some it follows one character in specific that basically over the course of the movie is like i can't do this anymore i can't be a professional bowler i'm not good enough at it and i've done this my entire adult life and i don't i can't do anything else i have no other skills and so it's really like it's it's very um, Emotionally mixed So anyway That was the other movie But I've watched it like a whole bunch of times So Cool
0: Well um, I'm going to focus on just a couple of films In my recently watched But uh, If you Want to keep up with what I've been watching You can follow me I just I think my letterbox is just Emma Hodge, E M M A H O D G E, so you can find me there. Um, I've been I've been really uh, getting through a lot of Oscar nominated movies since the Oscar nominations came out this earlier this week, as of recording, and I um, have a lot there that I'm not going to talk about. So if you want to know my thoughts on those go to my letterboxd um, for the sake of time i watched 1995's la haine which is french for hate and it is a very highly regarded um highly acclaimed international film you know french film it's you know rated very high on Letterboxd and things like that. So it's been on my list for a long time. Finally got around to it. Um, it reminds me a lot of another movie from this era called um, American History X starring Edward Norton. Uh, if you've seen that. Have any of you seen Lehane or American History X?
1: No. No. I and you want to know the crazy part? One, I've wanted to see LaHaine since I was in college, and two, I own American History X yeah. on Blu-ray. That's actually crazy.
0: <laughs> um, well, I will say, I think I think American History X, which came out, I think, two years after LaHaine, I think American History X is trying to be LaHaine, um, and they're it's not, a, it's not very successful. But um, it's very intense. It's it's one of those movies where you are just like waiting on something terrible to happen the whole time. Um, because the tone and the filmmaking just, it makes you feel that way. Um, and if you've seen it, no spoilers, but if you've seen Lehane, there certainly is an ending. So, um, yeah, I'd love to talk about it with somebody who's seen it, but I don't know anybody else that's seen it. So I'll watch
1: it and we'll talk about it.
0: Great. Um, Another film that I watched with Cameron is The Murder of Fred Hampton, which is on HBO Max right now. It is a documentary about the murder of Fred Hampton by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. This movie came out in 1971. Um, It is one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, When this movie ended, I was just like... Ugh, it was just all the things that movies, that films make you feel. It was just incredible. But I think what this film does is um, it really lays out the case against the FBI. Um, and they, sh- they they show every bit of footage from the FBI's perspective. And then they basically prove it wrong. Um Yeah. Because the FBI's case was shit. Um, They murdered Fred Hampton while he was sleeping next to his pregnant wife. Um, And they got away with it because that's the FBI.
1: They get away with everything. Yeah. Um, It does sound, I do, I am like very interested in watching this. Because when you've described it, obviously this is the second time we've heard you describe (laughs) it but it does, it sounds interesting the take of it being like basically presenting every single FBI argument and then dismantling their entire case over the course well, of this Well, it's just movie. like
0: the like the baffling thing is just like it's not difficult to dismantle yep. their case because it was so bad. Yeah. Um
1: because it doesn't need to be good for them to get away with that's it. that's
0: exactly it, exactly. Y'all, it's so good. Um because it it, it does that, but it also does a lot to um, kind of talk about Fred Hampton and his life and his legacy and, like, why he's an important figure. And, oh, he was so good. Okay.
3: Fred um, Hampton is the one that uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is about, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So okay. I, Cool.
0: Yeah, I was very interested in Fred Hampton after that film because um, that film really did a good job kind of doing the same thing of like explaining his legacy and what he did. He was the chairman of the Black Panther Party in Chicago in the 1960s. And, um, damn y'all mm-hmm. like that is a, that's a real one. That is a, that's a, he's a real one.
1: The deadliest thing you can <sighs> do in America is feed other people's kids.
0: No, literally. I mean, if you want to be,
4: An enemy if you of the want state, to be
0: any sort sort of revolutionary, just expect to be killed. Like, yeah, that's just <sighs> Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, JFK. Like, if you want to make any changes for the better, just expect to be murdered.
4: Yep.
1: So,
0: yeah. um,
1: be murdered or be put on death row for your entire life. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. There is one movie that. I watched that was nominated for an Oscar that I just want to talk about which is El Conde which is a Pablo Lorraine film and it's nominated for best cinematography and the premise of this movie is hilarious um, it is a satire it's a very dark comedy so it's basically El Conde is Spanish for the count and it's about a real person called um, his name is Alfonso no Alfonso Augusto Pinoche who was the um, prime minister of Chile, and he was a fascist, and he was a dictator, and he died in real life in 2006. And this movie says, what if he didn't die? What if he faked his death? And what if he's actually a vampire living among us? And I just think that's one of the funniest premises ever, (laughs) because it also kind of goes into like, what if every fascist that existed in history is also a vampire living amongst us? Um, Because what is a fascist but a vampire? yeah um (laughs) so
1: (laughs) vampire vampire is one of the strongest allegories that i feel like does not get talked about a whole lot
0: yeah absolutely but anyway it's just like it's really funny and it's nominated for cinematography which is it's 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 definitely like um (sighs) earned I would say like the visuals are really really good um,
3: yeah I don't love El Conde but the cinematography is absolutely phenomenal
0: yeah it's so good um, so yeah I would I would recommend that movie to people honestly that's why I wanted to bring it up because I just uh, it was kind of like on my radar when it first came out on Netflix and then I was just like eh, I don't really want to watch it and then it was nominated and I was like fine I'll watch it <laughs> and it was good I liked it so.
1: she, she said twist my arm <laughs>
0: So yeah, um, speaking of Oscar nominations, let's talk about it. Um, so on Tuesday, um, as of recording, that was about three days ago. (laughs) Um, the Oscar nominations came out to, uh, some controversy, but we want to talk about good things as well as bad things. So, um, speaking of good things, Connor... I think you had something good oh yeah coming from the animated category that you wanted to talk about
2: yeah the the biggest surprise and best thing that came out of animation best animated features pneumonia getting nominated pneumonia is a movie that was originally from blue sky animation blue sky did the ice age movies and then their last movie spies in disguise Disney bought Blue Sky in 2019 I think or so and then because of that they were like we don't see the need for having three animation studios so they dissolved it and fired everybody and got rid of everything and during that process pneumonia was like three fourths of the way done like it was almost done being made and Netflix saw that and was like you know what we'll pick it up and let you finish it Um, With everybody, and they finished it, and now it's being nominated for best, you know, best animated feature, and so it's literally the best comeback story out of all this process. And pneumonia isn't just one of those like, oh, well, it's an anime, you know, like it's not like Fernand or Boss Baby, you know, getting nominated. Like this is legit a really good animated movie. It is really good, and it's something where if Disney, if Whatever Disney exec saw saw it and was like, "Not nah. like, no, like, like you're not getting it to happen." Because like, this movie's legit, and so like, I well, you know, I don't know what more?
0: S- you know why you know why Disney passed on this, and it's because, gay nights. Yeah, I know. You know,
2: I know, but um, like, yeah, but yeah, like it's just it's so good, and it like I've read the comic like probably in high school or so that it's based off of and it's very very nice and the second one is speaking of reading comics that i read is robot dreams also getting nominated for best uh feature as well
3: yeah Um, that's just something of like
2: it's just a movie that like it's been on my radar since festivals and it's because i've read it back in 2006 when i was a kid at the wakanda library shout out uh with my grandma and yeah like it's something where like once when i saw the trailer i'm like oh my god they're making an animated movie about a comic that i read when i was a kid and the fact that it's getting this much attention makes me really excited for when it when i could finally watch it so please release this movie so i can see it
0: <laughs> yeah i was going to say robot dreams is the big surprise more so than nomona because while i do think nomona is the little animated movie that could, um, there are precursors for Nimona being nominated and it was definitely in the conversation, but robot dreams was not. Uh, So I think that's, I mean, I think both are very cool for sure. Um, But like animation, like there are at least two animated films nominated in this category that should be nominated for best picture. Uh, But, the academy has no respect for animation and they have no respect for any other genre like horror or uh yep. action things like that um, so yeah. i think that um
1: they've only ever nominated one animated movie for best picture
0: so yeah uh that's not they've actually they've only true. nominated
2: three yeah they've only no. nominated three what are the others? it's like three. animated it's movies like,
0: it's like Beauty and, the Beast, Beauty and the Beast, Inside Out,
2: and Oh okay. nope. no, 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 else. no, no, <laughs> no! I no animation. Animation's my big thing. That's why I only want to talk about animation for this category. It's only three. It's Beauty and the Beast, and that was before they had an animation category, and it's the only one that has been nominated for Best Picture because that was the only way that it could get nominated. Then once they added the animation category into the Oscars, it has been up and Toy up. Story Three. Oh, okay. Yeah. After so, yeah, that, um, it's nothing. No.
0: So. Yeah. Not a lot of love for animation uh, in the best picture category, which is whack. Totally whack. Yeah. So um, speaking of genres that get freaking ignored, like action. Um, Joel, I think you had some, maybe a, an action movie that you think should be in the Oscar uh, categories that are not that does not exist anywhere
3: yeah um we need a stunt qu- category so bad so bad um, for real but even without we a lot one, of categories um, i <laughs> i'm i'm bummed that um that uh john wick chapter four didn't get any nominations and any texts at all um i thought that there was a shot that it could um but, yeah, so I I don't know why we don't have a stunt category. T- to that end, I don't know why we don't have a voiceover performance category yeah, at this point. Yeah, we need a
0: voice acting um, for a category as yeah.
3: well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I was I was hopeful that there would be some nominations for it. Um, but, you know, I can't say I'm really surprised.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that would have been something for sound, visual effects. Honestly, yeah, for cinematography, me, for me... Costume design, geez, those suits, mm-hmm. those bulletproof suits, everything that Peter Skarsgård was wearing, all, like, the glitter. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just incredible.
3: Yeah. But The mainly, cinematography I also thought was awesome. Because, like, not only are the colors spectacular. I'll get into more this more later. But, like, the, the shot, the tracking shot where it goes sky cam and back. Yeah. You know, just back yeah. and forth. That, oh, for that sure. One, that was. For yeah. sure.
0: Absolutely. But in the least we need a stunt category yeah for Um, sure so uh what are some other surprises or like snubs that you noticed joel
3: yeah i mean not necessarily a snub um for either of these because there weren't precursors for them um but i would have loved to see a nomination for uh, zach efron for best actor for <clears throat> for Iron Claw. Yeah. And Kara J. Myers, supporting actress for Colors of a Flower Moon. Oh, yeah. Um, I think they're both exceptional performances. Um, one that did have precursors um, that I'm really bummed about is Spider Verse Missing Out on Score. Um, this year, animated what movies did not get nominated outside of the animated category. So dumb. Um, yeah, that score is easily one of my favorites, if not my favorite, of the year. Um so it's yeah that also- was that was
0: and there's upsetting. two and there's two movies in that category that shouldn't be there anyway like American fiction and dial of destiny the john williams yeah. indiana jones score yeah. should not be in there. Lo-
3: love John Williams goat sure. but like come on. Come um, on. But then yeah. a good surprise uh was, was George a song for my people being in best original song. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Yes.
0: That's some good shit right there. I love it.
3: Just yeah, the back- I'm I'm oh. I would imagine that they'll invite them to perform it at the Oscars. Dope. Um I think that all of them usually perform, uh like all the best song nominees. Um so yeah, I mean if, if that happens I might cry. I'm gonna be real.
0: I'm gonna be real. Just I'm gonna small... be crying. Yeah, I'm gonna be like
2: just, just...
3: a whole mess.
0: Man, that is um that is some good. Just stuff a small
2: right just a small anecdote about yeah, animation not getting anything out of animation category this year. Uh Uh, animator from spider verse tweeted recently um that it should at least got nominated for production design because all the stuff that they had to do with creating the apartments and settings and everything that's in there is production design it isn't like the fact that it's animation doesn't mean that it's also not production design of like creating the cities and you know gwen's room miles's room and things like that and what's in there and what isn't and stuff and yeah it's it's the conversation that phil uh uh, lord or miller tweeted as well of like getting into setting up your a segue for you emma of them Um, being like the reason why barbie is nominated for adapted screenplay is because of the fact of the lego movie was also nominated for adapted screenplay or it it would have gotten nominated for that and they were like the only reason um, the only reason why it, it is that is because it's legos are toys and they're like but they right, tried right. to fight it for so long because they're like but it's a like it's original like this like everything that they did in that movie is original and it's and it's just crazy that like with to, for my point of like animation that it just
3: like what we're saying with the oscars it just won't break out but then segueing into right. you with Harpy um really quick just one more one more snob i want to hit charles melton may december okay Emma. oh
0: yeah that's i mean uh, that's a huge one obviously no um the whole screenplay thing is 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 really crazy um so the oscars a few weeks ago before the nominations even came out said that barbie would be competing for the adapted screenplay which means that it's based on a, a prior source material and if you've seen Barbie, you know that there is no actual source material other than a plastic doll. Um the the story, the characters, the um the world building, that's all original ideas. Um and yeah, I I to your point about Lego movie, that is the same like, you know, BS that we've been dealing with with these categories. Um, but I think if Barbie had been competing in original screenplay like it should have been, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon wouldn't have been snubbed from adapted screenplay and would have been into that category like it should be. And um, I don't know. I don't know why we're not putting that in there. Um, I, I think some people might be offended by the way that the book was adapted but like i don't know i think you should kind of award like you know doing something different with your adaptation the way that um to even bring it back to greta gerwig again like greta gerwig took little women the book and completely changed it and um that adapted screenplay was very good um so yeah i i just think that that's a big snub And on the topic of Barbie, um, some snubs that need to be talked about. Um, Okay. You've probably heard that a couple of people (laughs) associated with the movie Barbie uh, were not nominated. Uh, The director, writer, and star and producer were not nominated for Barbie, even though the film got eight nominations um rightly so people are in an uproar but i do think something needs to be said um specifically about margot robbie um not getting best actress i do think she should be in that category um i would probably switch her out for carrie mulligan or um annette benning and i would put greta lee in there as well for past lives but I think this whole, I think this Margot thing has gotten kind of gotten out of control because a lot of the conversation is about how do you nominate Ryan and you don't nominate, Bar- um, you know, how do you nominate Ken and you don't nominate Barbie? And I, I agree the optics don't look good, but they're competing in different categories. And honestly, I think what Ryan did in the Barbie movie is very important and very impactful. And I think if we, say these things we're gonna take away from the comedic performance that he provided in that movie, which was very pivotal in explaining the the message of what Barbie is. Like the, the patriarchy. Um you can't really have a story about the patriarchy. I think you said this, but you can't really have a story about the patriarchy if you don't have somebody who can play represent Ken. the
1: patriarchy. <laughs>
0: Um, And Ryan played Ken very, very, very well and deserves to be nominated. Um, And um, I also think complaining about Margot is damaging to somebody like America Ferreira, who... Did get nominated for Barbie and Supporting Actress. Um, this is her first nomination for an Oscar, and it's very cool. Like I'm super excited that America got nominated because that. Performance- yeah, I think she's
3: the the 13th um, Latina actress to ever be nominated, so that's awesome.
0: It is awesome. Um, it it you know that there's your there's your Barbie um, you know female actress representation there's your Latina representation I just you know I think that uh, those things happen sometimes you know like sometimes the best actors category is just stacked um, and Margot and Ryan in America are not competing against each other so it's not like Ryan beat Margot out of it you know however um Greta Gerwig not being nominated for director is a travesty Um, and it is, uh, I think it's very pointed. I think it's very like people, I think there are people who, um, I think there are, I think there are people who vote in the Academy. They are Academy members who watched Barbie, understood exactly what was being said and hated it. And I think there's a lot of people in the academy, specifically older, whiter people.
1: You that, mean the patriarchy?
0: That love the patriarchy and <laughs> they are love, the patriarchy. Um having dominion over women <laughs> and want to keep it that way. Um so I like I said, like I'm not surprised, but like um it it's it feels pointed. But also, that movie didn't direct itself. It has eight nominations. Like, come on. And I was just as mad two years ago <laughs> when Dune had double-digit award, double-digit nominations, and Denis Villeneuve was not in the director category. Like, that is bullshit. Who directed so, it? The um,
4: Sandstorm? Yeah.
0: yeah. Who directed it? The Worms?
3: The Worms. <laughs> One big worm. Who directed it? The yeah. Best director, Shai Halud
0: yeah so anyway i um those are those are my thoughts on the oscar debate um Perfect. give greta yeah. her her flowers because she had her hand in everything else that was nominated she had her hand in ryan in america's um performances she had her hand in the writing she had her hand in the production design the costume design all eight nominations. And so to not nominate her is actually a crime. And there's a reason I want why to arrest
1: her. Them. Yeah. There's I, a reason why I her name that... being tied to the movie put butts in seats. No, literally people yeah. went to go see yeah. Barbie
0: because they were like, Oh, Greta Gerwig's not going to direct yeah. this. It's going to be good. Yeah. And yeah. that's why it made a billion cajillion dollars. So right.
3: And I, I think billion the... dollars. <laughs> I think that a problem that we have that we keep running into, like you said, like with Demi Villeneuve for Dune and like Greta with Barbie, is that there are only five slots. It's um, so, and so, hard so to like, get in. Yeah. I think if they opened it up, um, they don't even have to do 10, they could do like seven, eight. Um, 10 would be cool, but like that, not only does it let more people get recognized, because like this year, there was a very strong. Um, international director lineup um, yeah. within the five um, but like so to to open up more slots for best director it's it not only lets those people be you know recognized for their work but it also saves them from the optics of the woman slot yeah or in most years the international slot or the people yeah. you know, of you color can, slot the, exactly how do we exactly. avoid like,
1: hashtag oscar so white slot
0: Yeah, because like you did get a woman in there, uh, but they're all white.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think think that's the that's the big problem that we have now is that there just aren't enough slots Mm -hmm. for the for them. It's a problem that their optics don't look good Mm -hmm. ever. Um, But in general, it's just like the the best director lineup shouldn't necessarily be the best picture ten, but it also should be more representative of it in that you know there are, there's a better chance for the directors of the best picture 10 to be nominated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if
0: you have 10 best you have you have 10 best picture slots, you have 10 writing slots. There might should be 10 director slots, but um I'm not making these rules, so.
1: Yeah.
0: There's a lot of things I would change about the Oscars, so let that be known now. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so look forward to the Oscars. They're taking place on March tenth. Um, Greta Gerwig won't be winning Best Director.
3: Somebody so, just gets up now there. Now, now that we've just complained like about actually... him, hey, tune in, guys. Yeah, yeah.
0: I want whoever wins to. Wins best director to be like, I'm gonna let myself finish, but Margot, Ru- Margot, oh, Margot. Ru- Greta <laughs> Gerwig directed the best movie of all time.
2: One of the best movies of all time. Yeah, I hope, um, it's, Mar- I hope we- it's Martin Scorsese, and then like yeah. his daughter comes up and goes, Actually, let's get the mic to Greta.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. They just walk off stage and hand it to her directly. Yeah. yeah. I would
2: love for that to happen. That um, would be great.
1: I will say, before we are done with the Oscars talk here, obviously um love that Lily Gladstone is nominated
3: for oh, Best Actress
1: and that's honestly I want to be so bold as to say I expect it. No, I expect I'm going to be pissed yeah. if she does not get it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, like you're talking about with Scorsese's daughter, I will I will be I will be on the news if Lulu does not win. I will Freddie, you and I can both yeah. show up and be yeah. like and, and Kanye that We'll
1: show up. The FBI'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> They'll say there's some fucking Indians out here. Doing <laughs> they what they're not supposed to, you know who we gotta call.
0: Yeah, the FBI will be at your doorstep with white vans making sure you yeah. don't rush the stage at the and, Oscars.
1: And not the and not the good FBI. There's only one FBI I fuck with bread inspectors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> anyway. Real anyway, shit.
0: I think that's enough for our Oscar talk. Um, we're going to get into our top 10 of the year. So how this works is is a roundtable. Um, we are going to um, go from 10 to 1. And we're going to discuss overlap films all at once without revealing what they're ranked in our list so like you know if we have if if more than two of us or more than one of us has something on our list then we'll talk about it all at once yeah um, when
1: it gets brought up the first time in somebody's list well I'll talk about it and then when it comes up again in one of our other lists we'll just say this is where we had that movie that we talked about earlier place yeah
0: and we got we got to like I think number 8 yesterday uh before we had to stop recording so we kind of have an idea at least to start yeah. so i know that the first not the first sorry <laughs> um because joel, we're gonna just go in the order that we did our recently watched starting with joel so yes. you're number 10
2: before it's... that before that freddie would you like to give your disclaimer oh about your list. yes
1: yes this is okay so my my disclaimer is i have only seen 17 of the movies that have come out in 2023 um i have a list of other movies that i want to see from 2023 and it is 12 movies so and that's probably not even all the ones so if my if the, if your favorite movie of 2023 is not on my list. It just assume I have not seen it because you're probably correct in making that assumption. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So just uh, bear that in mind as far as my list goes.
0: Oh, and we're going to save our honorable mention for later towards the end.
1: Yes. Between two and one watch Mojo style baby.
0: So, again, Joel, you're number 10.
3: Number yeah. 10. All right, you <laughs> guys gave mojo. me some good reactions to this one yesterday, Watch so I'm going to need y'all to act surprised
0: with this one. We're putting on a
3: show. Uh, number 10 is The Iron Claw. What?
1: Holy yes! shit.
3: Yes! <laughs> what? Yeah, so. And I think I'm the only uh, one that that's seen five? that movie.
4: So. No way. No, no. No way.
3: <laughs> so yeah, so I actually did debate like switching it up on y'all. But I'm gonna sick with it. So yeah. <laughs> number number 10 is the Iron Claw. Um there's there's both a, like a respect for the movie itself but also like a like an internal, you know, interest. Um I'm a very lapsed wrestling fan. Um I am what what you might call a wrestling creaster i'm there for royal rumble i'm there for wrestlemania you're a worker i might be there like one other time
2: yeah you're a worker um
3: yeah i uh i used to be i used to be a massive fan so because i was a massive fan i knew the story of the von erics um like the back of my hand i've seen the dark shadow the ring episode the vice did um but reading about it and watching it documentary style versus like seeing it play out are just so different. Um, and so yeah, the 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 actors that played the Von Erich siblings they were phenomenal. They felt like brothers to me. Um, and it's also crazy that the that they made the decision to remove a Von Erich brother because the film just couldn't handle another tragedy. Yeah, um, it's 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 unbelievable
0: yeah, um, as it is to add more yeah. truth is insane.
3: Right. Yeah, and I, I think that the dynamic between father and sons is really interesting um, because it's very clear that Fritz, the father, is pushing his dream and his ego and his, like, failed ambitions onto his kids. Um, and, but then, like, while he's doing that, he's like, I would never wish wrestling on any of you guys. It's like, are you sure, buddy? It's like, oh.
0: Sounds like you're I don't know if I agree like you with are. that.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i i wrote that he has a victim complex that he weaponized um uh against his sons because he showed his love at least in the movie via a ranking system mm-hmm. um and so yeah, it it and that may have made them into one of the greatest wrestling families of all time but it also made them into one of the 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 most tragic american the entertainment story the most tragic that we have. story i've ever yeah yeah witness. um and then on a personal note it really hit for me because in 2018 or 2019 um i lost my older brother and so like the the anxiety that stemmed from that that i had to like get like therapy for which men seek therapy men need to go um, to therapy all of them yeah it it was like i would be worried about like is another one of my siblings gonna die soon am i gonna be like uh kevin says the very end of the movie am i not gonna be your brother anymore um which that thankfully has you know subsided over the years but to to see that fear play out on a screen and to feel a modicum of what kevin went through um that that was a really rough viewing experience, and I knew it going in. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I, I cried for sure.
0: That was so sad. All right. Yeah. So that is Joel's number 10. Uh, I think I'm the only one that's seen it, and it's not on anybody else's list. So, uh, Connor, what is your number 10? We're going to act surprised.
2: 10. Uh, the audience is also going to be surprised because it's this low on... I think a lot of people's li- Like, on anybody's list, they'd be like, what the fuck? But it's Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. What? 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 Oh, that's... Yes.
0: That's, uh, I can't believe I think this. I think that's on everybody's list, right?
3: Yep. That is on my list. Yep. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, but we have also recorded two podcasts about this movie. (laughs) So uh, if you want to hear all of our thoughts on this film, we have really gone into depth on this movie quite a bit. So, But Connor, um, tell us why it's in your top 10.
2: Yeah, for me, it's just the fact that, like, I feel like it would be a disservice to not put it on my top 10. Not saying, like, I have to do it because of... you know political reasons or you know what i mean it's more of the fact of like it's that good it's that good of a movie that i'm like god like like there there are other movies in the honorable mentions that i'm like could have beat it but i feel like if i did that people would be like what the fuck like why isn't killers of the far moon on your list and i'm like yeah why isn't it <laughs> and so like it's a movie where i feel like again like couple years down the road where i'm like you know what like like what how do i feel about that movie and i rewatch it and i go damn that's a good movie it it feels to me like an argo or saving private ryan and and movies where you don't necessarily for me at least rewatch every year or every so often it's like every 10 years or so where i'm just like oh like i wonder what if this movie again like holds up or so and you watch and you go yeah there's a reason why it's getting this many nominations it's it's that good and with me with scorsese it's like yeah like th- there's a reason why he's still arguably like the greatest director of our time like he's he's so good and it it's like i was the number one hater on the podcast to be like i do not want to watch this movie in theaters I do not want to make this an episode, like all that stuff. And then once when I sat there in IMAX to see this movie, I was fully swept away. And I think that's why it deserves the number 10 spot on my list of just the fact that it made me believe in this movie.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, All of us are here for that. And we will reveal as we go through our top 10 where that movie lands on all of our lists.
1: We sure will.
0: But, Freddie, you're next. What's your number 10?
1: I am next. So, my number 10 is how to blow up a pipeline. Kaboom!
0: Man, hell yeah. That is also on my top 10. Let's talk about how to blow up a pipeline.
1: Yes. So, um, I think how to blow up a pipeline, the reason that I have it in my top 10 is that... Um, I really, I really enjoyed the way that the like ensemble of characters all have very different backstories and very different reasons for wanting to come together to um, blow up this pipeline. But Spoiler. like they've all come to yeah, they've all come to you know sort of the same conclusion of dealing with these issues, and it just. I I think it kind of really represents just how multifaceted the, like, political issues that the movie addresses Mm -hmm. really are. Like, I think a lot of times it kind of gets, like, they try to, like, dull it down to, you know, oh, there's only one group of people that actually cares about Mm -hmm. this. But it's like, no, there are lots of people that care about it for lots of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Like, so.
0: it was really well done. I also really like the political commentary from mm-hmm. this film. It's a very progressive film. It's a very leftist film in terms of ideology, which, you know, it's one of those movies where it's like, how the hell did this get made? Yeah. How the hell did this get distribution, you know?
1: Well, it barely but, got distribution. Yeah. We had to go see a very, like, specific special screening of it. Yeah, kind of.
0: I mean, but like, it's something that's been talked about, but yeah, it's not... It's not making a lot of people's top ten, I'll tell you that. Like, a lot of people didn't see this movie. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's indie, it's small. But uh, what really stuck out to me about How to Blow Up a Pipeline was that it works as a political thriller, a political commentary, as well as, like, you can you can watch this movie without sharing the political ideologies of this film, and it still works as, like a thriller, a heist film. Yeah. Um, and it's just like really interesting. So uh yeah, it also made my top ten. I won't tell you where until it's that time.
3: <laughs> until we hit that number. Yeah. So- I saw it. I really liked it. I think it's my second favorite movie about an oil related crime this year. Um <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, yeah, my my review on Letterboxd was all I wrote was very inspiring with an exclamation point. So I'm I'm just keeping an eye out for the for the black SUVs to to pull up. <laughs> the
1: Escalades
3: are outside waiting. Whoop whoop!
0: FBI on my phone. Did this you hear a, that?
1: This is an FBI. This is
3: an FBI heavy podcast.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: we are not an FBI stand podcast.
0: Yeah. No, we are not.
3: No FBI stands here.
0: Yeah. Uh, my number 10 is something that um we've talked about briefly on this podcast. Um it's something it's somewhat controversial but it's gained a lot of traction in the last month or so. Um this film is very polarizing. You either really love it or you really don't like it. Um and that is Saltburn. I had to put Saltburn on my top 10. Because I have seen it twice, and I can't get it out of my head. It's one of those movies that just, like, sticks with you. And um, it's stuck, it has stuck with me quite a bit. But there's so much about this movie that I really just – I really dig. Honestly, so I watched it in theaters – And then I watched it on Prime when it came out. But I watched it in theaters. And, man, that was one of my favorite theater experiences because um, I was cracking up. It was so funny. um, And nobody else in the theater thought it was funny. And I could tell because, like, I was the only one laughing. (laughs) And I was just like, like why do y'all not see that this is a comedy? Like, this is a funny movie. (laughs) And there's so many people that say, like, Oh, well, it's not really saying anything, or like Emerald Fennel doesn't really know where she wants to take this message. And I'm like, or Emerald Fennel just has a sick, twisted sense of humor and just wanted to have a good time. Um, and that's kind of like where I land with Saltburn is just like, it's a damn good time.
1: Yeah, I still got to see. It, it sounds like I was surprised. It sounds it like Mike. Yeah, Yeah, in terms of Oscars,
0: you know, original screenplay would have been fun because, you know, Emerald Fennel won that award the last time she made a film. Um, And I would have I would have loved to have seen Rosamund Pike in Supporting Actress because she is everything she says is so funny. Everything she says. Oh, my God. She was like, I used to be a lesbian. But women are just too wet for me. Men are just so lovely and dry. <laughs> I just I and like she you know, she's British, so she just delivers that line with just complete just deadpan. deadpan. Oh, yeah. So good. Just completely so good. Y'all. I punch love I really love Saltburn. So, it's my number 10.
3: Yeah, I th- I think it's I think its best chance would have been in cinematography cuz the cinematography is really phenomenal. Um but that was such a strong category this year. That was
0: another category that I would have put it into.
3: Yeah. I liked it. Um I think that I just wish it had left more mystery instead of explaining everything.
0: Yeah.
2: Now nah, that ending is like saw it, it had me cackling. That's that's fair. That was like that's fair. that was like a Saw ending.
4: Yeah, the
3: last <laughs> thing explained was everything. So it was incredible. so funny dude, dude. when he's
4: when he's
2: typing and there's nothing on the screen. I'm like, this. You could have put Topher <laughs> Bell in that scene, and it would have made sense for a Saw movie. <laughs> like, I was like, I, this I is can is actually so see funny. that. I can I can see that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: All right, Joel, you're next.
3: all right my number nine nine.
4: movie number nine is john
3: wick chapter four i I just (laughs) loved this movie um i think it helps that it was my first john wick in the theater i actually watched the first three like in a week yeah so my brother and i could go see it together and then he was like no i'm gonna go see it when i'm back at school i was like all right cool buddy um but uh yeah the the colors on on a lot of the scenes um this the soundtrack is so good. Um the I I love Keanu Reeves as John Wick. Anytime he says, "Yeah, I'm like, okay, let's let's go. I know. It's it's go time." <laughs> um But uh yeah, I mean the, the set pieces, like you said King. the the costume design um Donnie Yen being the Uh, most badass person ever ever Uh, yeah um the 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 ending works perfectly for me uh yeah just overall it's just like it's my brain real nice i love it yeah and
0: you mentioned that um you know
3: dragon's breath scene
0: no you 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 mentioned the uh cinematography and like the bird's eye view of
3: yeah the, um, yeah the, the, the long breath take scene.
0: was really really yeah. good
2: that
3: yeah, dragon, that was, I, I did not expect that and i was like wait a minute is this the best here's action the scene i have ever seen in my life here's the thing yeah that
2: dragon breath scene is so good i rewatch i didn't say it in the rewatch but i did rewatch john Wick chapter four and the thing Hell is yeah. is that with the rewatch they do the dragon breath scene and you're like, Oh wow, that like it's really good. And then it cuts to like normal footage. And then they go, guess what? We're doing it again. Because <laughs>
1: they're like, that's <laughs> the it's part so part that in the theater. We
2: gotta do it twice. And it's like, God damn. But then even in the first scene when they do it, there's an amazing Texas switch that happens where a dude gets lit on fire and then goes off screen to get, you know, put out of fire. And they light another dude on fire and he comes back into frame. And when I saw that in theaters, that's what made me drop to the floor. Of like the yeah. amount of like technicality that is happening in this like one take is ridiculous and that's
3: what makes it so good yeah <laughs> obviously you don't mean it literally but it's the the picture in my mind of you seeing that and just falling out of your seat onto oh, the floor is hilarious to it's me. crazy <laughs> and then, and then the you other rolled down, one down that like makes...
1: three three flights of <laughs> stairs in the aisle
2: it, pretty much the other scene that makes me howl, like like i just giddy like a child is Donnie Yen doing the video game like punches to the chest and then the wind up sucker punched like face like it's so good like Donnie Yen get to this or him and Jackie Chan yeah
1: (laughs) also one of my favorite one of my favorite references to Hot Rod (laughs) if you know you know
0: true (laughs) oh my god bear, you're number nine.
2: My number nine. And again, I would like to preface that this is my list and that this is my preference, and I've already said why Killers of the Far Moon is number ten, and this may shock people of my number nine, of why it's higher, but it is Scream six.
1: Hey.
4: Hey.
1: If they're listeners, I don't think it shocks them at all. I think it shocks them, <laughs> them that it's not higher, honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah, well yeah we'll get to it but Scream 6 is my favorite horror franchise I teased it when we first recorded that I slipped and said it might be my favorite franchise but there might be another franchise on my list that is higher Um, but with Scream it's just it's the best and I think them going to New York and really mixing it up is great It's, it's awesome it's funny i just i just love this franchise so much and uh yeah like there's a reason why uh still alive by demi lovato was my number one song (laughs) last year uh i just couldn't get it out of my head i kept replaying it every time that i could and i just i just love i I just love it like i've seen it three times um now but i think it also just has to deal with the fact that when i went to go see it the first time in theaters i i could only describe that it was like a press screening where they had the screen up that said you know hashtag tweet you know scream your your scream six reactions and then i got a free uh exclusive poster from this artist that i really like and so yeah it it's just it's just great and that's why it's it's gonna be it's gonna be my number nine
3: yeah I love Scream 6 I love Scream it's maybe my favorite horror franchise now Um, I hadn't seen any Scream movies before this year and now I've seen Scream 1 like 5 or 6 times Um, and also just before we move on uh, Justice for Melissa Barrera
0: yeah Yeah. I'm I I loved Scream 6 uh, also but Scream is a dead franchise to me so no thanks too yeah pretty much glass.
2: Yeah, pretty much, fuck you, Spyglass. I'm glad that... I'm ha- I'm actually happy that if this is the last Scream movie, I do like the ending of this, yeah. of it being the end. Same here. Um, so, but if they try to do anything other shady, yeah, pretty much, fuck you, Sky, Uh, Spyglass. Pay your actors. What we're uh, not going to
0: do in 2024 yeah. is silence your actors for having opinions. That's, yep. that's what we're not going to do. So... Um, Freddie, you're number nine.
1: Number nine? Number Number nine? nine. Um, my number nine is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Man,
0: fuck yeah. We love, we love Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It's also on my list.
3: sure do. Also on my list. Okay.
0: That's Joel talking.
3: Um.
4: Hello.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I just, I really... Um, I really enjoy Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, I think that these, you know, this soon-to-be trilogy of Spider-Man movies, they're just phenomenal animated movies. I love the fact that they're not afraid to get really out there with their visual style and like take risks that a lot of other companies um and like production houses just aren't willing to do because they want to they want to play it super safe. I think it's what like really makes it special um and also like you just have this really you have this really fascinating story with these fleshed out characters very and very good Yeah, it's a it's a movie that like it's animate it's it's an animated movie and obviously it's 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 meant to be like kid friendly but it is ultimately a it is a movie for everybody like it's not it's not like this is a, exclusively a uh kids movie yeah it's so Incredibly for me, well made.
0: Across the Spider-Verse is like a perfect movie. It's yeah. a it's reminiscent of something like Return of the King or um Empire Strikes Back in terms of like just solid epic middle movie yeah.
1: trilogy. Isn't is the two towers? Oh the no, two movie? towers, yeah. sorry. Okay.
0: Uh Two Towers and Empire Strikes Back it's, it, i think i feel like it's probably closer to empire checks back because, I would of, argue the, I because of the cliffhanger aspect of it yeah um but man it just felt so huge yeah it felt so huge like it felt monumental
1: and like the and we've first one about, felt huge and now it's yeah. like this sequel to it feels even it bigger does. it does just which feels is so very big. Impressive. um
0: and uh, you know we've already talked about the score and production design and animation and all of those things are just so Mm-hmm. So good. Um but yeah, it's just like just so epic. Yeah. Anyway, Joel, why is it on your list?
3: Um, the visuals are just nothing like I've ever seen Literally. before. I thought they couldn't get better after the first one, but my like specifically what sticks with me is the scene where um, Gwen and her dad are having that heart-to-heart towards the end of the movie. Her and it's like freaking world colors, with, like, the watercolors? Geometrics colors? around them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. it's just... <sighs> shout out to Shea Wiggum, by the way, for that uh, voice role because that was awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Also, the... the the visuals, the animation style, the performances, the anything that can be good about a movie is good about this movie. For sure. Um, and the score is just, again, it's one of, if not my favorite, um, probably top three at the very least. Um, yeah, I just, it. I saw it, I want to say three times. In IMAX, um, like, when it came out, and then I just saw it in IMAX again last Saturday. And I thought I had it too high on my list, and I saw it again. I was like, no, this feels good, actually.
0: Sounds good. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the Um, only thing
2: I will say for for me, like, why has it made it on my list is just the fact that I... Need the third movie to come out for me to like actually rate this movie. I do think it's a nine out of 10, but it's the first time where I feel like it doesn't feel like a complete movie. But to talk about the visuals, I like, I will say I immediately started crying at the beginning of the movie because I didn't think I would get to see spider gwen's style that i read in high school because i i actually read the spider gwen comics in high school and seeing that watercolor style that is present in the comics i just was blown away because you get the tease of it in the first movie but to get like a full on like whole visual you know sequence in this movie it just i was taken away i was like oh my god like this this is real, like this is like we're actually getting this, and yeah, like the visuals are just so the attention of detail that they have to that is crazy,
0: yeah, it's a treat for sure, so whose turn is it? you oh, it's my turn, okay, uh, my number nine is to go along with the theme of gorgeous <laughs> animated visuals in an epic movie uh my number nine is hayao miyazaki's the boy and the heron
1: hell yeah this
0: movie is so Whoa.
1: freaking good phenomenal yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: uh freddie it's on your list too right it sure is okay awesome um it's so good i just think that this movie yeah like just the world that hayao miyazaki can create I mean, he does this every time. He just creates these visuals and creates these worlds and these like these ideas that, you know, I would never come up with in my wildest dreams and it just immerses you into the movie, into the worlds and um I think it's I think what Hayao Miyazaki does for animation is just it elevates it because a lot of the stuff that we watch in the United States in terms of like animated films are very dumbed down because they're quote for kids. But that is like not what Hayao Miyazaki does at all. He, he, He
1: sets out to make art.
0: He sets out to make art. And so like, But he also he doesn't alienate kids either, and so I think he gives children credit to like have an imagination and have, you know, deep thoughts as children and be able to connect metaphors together Mm -hmm. and like. And so I just think that like it's something that everybody can enjoy because it's not, um, you know, dumbed down for children, and it's got this like metaphorical kind of like feeling and it's just ah oh, I just
4: he
1: I trusts, love this movie. he trusts children to be able to process more emotions than happy sad and mad yeah um yeah it's, and
0: it's so it's it's delicious <laughs>
1: yeah. and it's got it's got like these you know um like I was saying, when we talked about this before, he's got his way of. It's like you're it, you're watching him process things yeah. in every single one of his movies, and there's just a lot going on, like right under the right under the surface of this movie. That it's like if you know anything about Hayao Miyazaki, just like who he is in general, it's like okay, I can yeah. see I can see what you're what you're processing with this. Um, we don't have to go too into that right yeah. now. But he's
0: literally, we we also did kind of talk about this yeah. movie already. But yeah,
1: shout out car animation. Yeah, love Hayao Miyazaki animating cars
2: the best.
0: And that takes us to um, number eight, Connor. Do you want to say number eight in Mojo style?
2: Number eight,
0: <laughs> Joel.
3: My number eight movie of twenty twenty three. Is Anatomy of a Fall. I.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think this is the last movie we talked about yesterday. It's yes. It's, um, it's, uh,
0: we didn't. Even, I, I think we didn't even get to get into it because it's about when the yeah. mic cut out.
3: Yeah. 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 Yep. Um. So yeah, Anatomy of a Fall. I was blown away by this movie. Um. Because. It, there, there are no easy answers um, the the film and Justine trier are very comfortable with the audience drawing the own, their own conclusions from it
0: yeah it's kind of um, like the... like
3: depending on the biases you have the prejudices you have both positive and negative um, and the how you process the film's information you can have any number of of reaction any number of theories. Yeah. And I love that uh, Trier didn't tell Sandra Hewler, who phenomenal Best Actress nomination, by the way, she didn't tell her whether the character is guilty or not.
4: Mm-hmm. And I
3: think that worked so well in the performance. But the one scene that I really wanted to touch on without spoilers is in the courtroom, there is a scene in which um, an audio file is being played. And instead of remaining in the courtroom, We are transported to the time and place in which the audio file was recorded. And I don't know if I've ever seen a better depiction of having privacy stripped away so suddenly um, and so forcefully because uh, I don't know about... If any of you guys have seen it yet, but I was watching and I was like, I don't feel like I should be in this room right now. <laughs> um, like, it's almost uncomfortable to be in there with them. Uh, it's a very, it's a very private them, moment.
0: It's a very...
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's blown up. And so, like, I think... If anybody's the, been in a marriage Placing or us in that room... Big relationship. Yeah, placing <laughs> us in that room really shows um, how intimate this moment is mm-hmm. that we are experiencing without... Um, uh sandra's consent so yeah i i uh, also the kid phenomenal actor the dog phenomenal we need actor. to give um, that should be
0: an oscar uh uh category dog. which is best animal performance yeah because then we would <laughs> have, have be, had yeah, because so, then worms. we would have had jenny from banshees in the inner in last year <laughs>
3: we so. will there would also be a so dog well, that i will that would i have dog, later can. on my list
0: okay um I loved Anatomy of a Fall. It's great. Uh, Connor, what's your number eight? This is new information. I don't know. What is it?
4: Oh,
2: My number eight, I'm glad that it was saved, that it's still secret, (laughs) is actually my number one franchise. This is my most anticipated movie of last year. It is Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. I love I am so so Mission Impossible pilled. <laughs> like like on my letterbox on my letterbox I've updated my top four to movies newer movies that reflect who I am now that aren't from high school and stuff that are more of movies that I've you know seen there and Mission Impossible Fallout is in there because i think mission impossible fallout is the greatest american action movie ever made since terminator 2 uh but for mission impossible dead reckoning ever since it got announced the sequel from fallout i was already booked a ticket uh i love the mission impossible franchise i love tom cruise as ethan hunt uh the series couldn't get any better i don't think that this movie is better than fallout but that's not saying much because I don't think any of the movies are bad. The only movie that I would say is bad is 2, and that is saying much because it's directed by John Woo, and it's still good. Um, but it's it's really good. The action's very good. I do think the marketed scene of him jumping off the cliff is very well done. And yeah, it's just it's just a very good movie, and it's the movie where it is a part one, but it ends in a way that feels like a movie. Where if there is no part two, I'm satisfied with this movie. Um it's it's the one part it's the one part one out of three movies, those being Spider Verse, Fast X, and this movie, <laughs> that actually felt like a real movie to me. Uh, and that's why it's my number eight. Nice, love it. It's not
3: on my top ten, but I loved it. I love the Mission Impossible franchise.
2: It's so good.
0: I also saw it. I liked the train. Train. At the
3: end, I think I'm the only. It's so
2: good. (laughs) And then shout
4: out to Shea (laughs) Wiggins.
3: The the one thing with that movie, uh, when um, Vanessa when uh. Vanessa Kirby has to act like she's killing so Atwell. Vanessa Kirby oh, is the oh, most God.
0: beautiful woman. Oh, she's so hot in the Mission Impossible franchise. I there, can't stop looking at her.
3: I have I have a I have a friend that is a gay woman and she was like there are too many hot women in this movie. I was like yeah. oh, is that a problem.
4: True. <laughs> True. I mean, Hayley <laughs> uh, Atwell is also but, very hot. So like
3: I thought it was really I thought it was and really Rebecca funny, Ferguson. Um, when,
4: oh my god when when Uh, Vanessa
3: Kirby walks out with the brown she walks out with the brown contacts i guess instead of her bright blue eyes and her brother's like did you change and it's like her eyes are like a hundred shades darker what are you talking about did she change (laughs) dude that's the mission impossible
2: like it's so good (laughs) yeah i love a spy thriller and yeah that's it's it's great and i'm excited for what Whatever the next one's going to be, because it's not called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 anymore. It's just called right. Dead Reckoning, like it should have been. Uh, but who
3: okay. knows? Mission Impossible Wreck Deadening.
0: Anyway, <laughs> um, moving on to Freddy.
1: Alrighty. My number, number eight, eight is Oppenheimer.
0: Wow. Whoa! We got Oppie on the list. Does anybody else have Oppie on the list? Yes. Okay. The,
3: this is Joel, by the way. Was
0: that a yes for for Seabear?
2: Yes, that is a yes for me. It is wow. on my list. All
0: It is not on my list. Whoa! Okay.
4: Um,
3: Jesus. Okay. So... I mean that it's... might be more controversial than Soulburn. <laughs> i don't know um, I, I mean think, i think i, I think, think... Me
2: with kills of the fire moon number 10 is controversial still <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we'll have to see Aud- audience if you're watching let us know what the most controversial take in our top 10 list is um, <laughs> other than five nights at freddy's being my number one pick just <laughs> I uh, <laughs> um, but I mean I feel like what what is there to really say about Oppenheimer that hasn't like already been said a million times? Um Oppenheimer, I mean it's Christopher Nolan doing Christopher Nolan things. Incredibly well directed movie. Um it's a it's a very good movie. Um I enjoyed it. We saw it in IMAX on that big ass dome. I hurt my neck.
0: Yeah, Florence Pugh's titties were so big. Yeah, on that <laughs> IMAX dome.
1: Um I love the I love the shots it at towards the end of the movie where it's like clearly him processing like essentially like PTSD, like severe guilt basically. Um I thought those were really uh those are really fantastic. Um, and, but yeah, I don't, I would, I don't think I would put it, you know, a whole lot higher on my list than this. And depending on, I don't, I don't guess. Yeah. I just, I, um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Oppenheimer, but I wouldn't put it as like, you know, I wouldn't put it as my number one, which seems like a lot of. Seems like there's a lot of people that have it as like this is the number one movie of 2023, and I'm like,
0: well, we can probably expect Oppenheimer to walk away with the Best Picture Oscar this year. So yeah,
1: uh, I really don't think that it, I think it should be Killers of the Flower Moon. I think it's just I feel I'm like not, people I'm... have I feel like a lot of like general audience and a lot of people in general have just reached a point with Christopher Nolan where it's like that's the one like quote unquote like high art director that they know by name and so it's just like oh it's a christopher nolan movie yes obviously this is a 10 out of 10 movie and i'm like do you well i think a lot of the a lot of it has to
0: do with um christopher nolan doesn't have the best history with the oscars and um They've never given him Best Director or Best Picture, so this would be like the time to do it because yeah. a lot of people think it's his best film. I like don't to... think it's his best film, but
1: I still like Memento.
2: <laughs> <laughs> would you like to explain, you Joel,
3: why you like? Yeah, Appahama? sure. Um, so this was, um, I mean. I, I feel like it's been talked to death at this point um so i'll just say my personal experience um i actually saw this with my brother uh, when i was managing a movie theater um so we got to see it like early quote unquote early because you can hit play at midnight on the day of um so we went and saw dead reckoning and then stayed like half an hour and watched Uh, Oppenheimer and that was his like favorite experience of last year and so like being able to give him that was really cool but like also it's just such an incredible movie performances from like everybody from Killian Murphy to uh, somebody that like walks in the back like walks through the back of the frame they're all phenomenal Um, I think the the visual effects crime they didn't get nominated for the Oscar or even shortlisted crime and yeah. just as yeah, for practical I, I effects. Yeah. I I didn't feel the runtime at all, um, personally. And uh yeah, my brother and I later that later last summer we um thrifted Barbenheimer outfits and wore those and did a double feature for Barbie and Oppenheimer, so yeah now and we sat in the front row of imax for for that showing so yeah it was partially because it's one of my favorite movies of last year partially because it's like a, a core memory for me now dope that's us yeah for
2: me for me it's just why it's on my list when we get to it is the fact that like christopher nolan is like we're saying a prestigious director but to me, this this like if if anyone's gonna get me to care about a subject that I don't really know too much or don't really tend to care about as much, which is World War II and and things, is Christopher Nolan, and like a movie that I love is Dunkirk, and that surprises a lot of people because it's like again, like I don't really care for World War II and all that stuff, but it's because of Christopher Nolan and. I recently watched a person talk about... He ranked all the Batman movies and stuff, because people that don't know me, I Batman is my number one favorite superhero. Um, but with that, he was talking about the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, and he talks about how, for him, this YouTuber, Christopher Nolan doesn't have the sauce. Like, when it comes to the Dark Knight trilogy and a lot of his movies. A lot of his movies doesn't have sauce. It doesn't have that, like... Spunk or like, like it enough for him to care about a movie. But then he talked about how Oppenheimer for him, that's a hundred percent sauce. And when he said that, I'm like, yeah, like I agree with that. Where Oppenheimer is, it's like again comparing it to Spinal Tap is Christopher Nolan going to eleven? And it's just the fact that like he he just put all all of it into that movie and. A movie that I do think that he put all of it into is Dunkirk because he talked about that of like that's a movie, that's a passion project movie for him that he wanted to make but he knew he couldn't make until he became Christopher Nolan, the prestigious film director. And I feel like Oppenheimer is the same thing of like whether or not it is true, like it is true that Robert Pattinson just gave him the Oppenheimer book and then when he read it, he was like, oh, I can make this into a movie. But this definitely feels like something of like, this could have been 20 years in the making this is 100% like he he is on a whole nother level when it comes to this type of movie and and that's why yeah. it's like on my list
0: best director nomination earned yes
2: yeah um absolutely
0: my number 8 is how to blow up a pipeline
1: hey yo so look at
0: that let's move on to our number 7s
2: number seven
3: Joel my number seven and thank you Connor for inspiring me to watch this is Godzilla minus one I I did not think that I I would like it love it as much as I did Um, I I thought I didn't like Godzilla movies it actually turns out I just don't like poorly written human characters whose side quests suck the life out of the movie and grind it to a halt. Who knew? Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I think, <laughs> no, I, I, think I, uh, I think I, I think without spoilers, I think I texted uh connor like three different reaction things you did of wildly off the spectrum like the the steve harvey uh thought about killing myself and then just crying at the end yeah uh i i thought it was incredible uh visual effects nod um uh well well deserved uh well earned i hope it wins best visual effects um but yeah the the human characters it's the first time i've seen a godzilla movie where i'm like if they hurt my friends i swear to god um but yeah i i was i was blown away by it for sure is this on anybody else's list
2: just yours connor okay then i will talk about it when it gets to my list (laughs) I will say. Well, you, we're
1: going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it right now because when it gets to your list, we'll just go past it. That's what we just did with Emma's uh, How to Blow Up. The
2: I will get to it when it gets to my list. I think you kind of know.
3: <laughs> I know where it is. On I know list. where it okay, is. On okay, list. okay, okay,
1: okay, okay. Yes. okay.
2: So I'll get. I'll get to it later. It's a little spoiler, but yeah, we'll get to it.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So.
2: So then by. Is- so yeah, so that leads to my number seven. Got no, just kidding.
4: <laughs> God, God. God. God.
2: <laughs> um, my number seven is May-December, but that ain't. Nice. I, nice. Is this on anybody else's list?
0: Not mine. I think
2: it's like nope. my first or second honorable mention. Okay. I really like May-December. I think this is a very well done movie talking about basically just talking about how true crime is perceived specifically in America and talking about how like appropriate it is with not just making movies because like in the movie it's them making a movie about a true you know something that happened but like this could be equated to you know the podcast scene and tv and move just all that kind of stuff in general and i think the way that they do it is very well done like we're saying charles uh malton you know the the highs and lows of high school football very show uh in that movie and it's just it's it's the ultimate movie for me because my mom shout out my mom that's listening she loves true crime her favorite show is 2020 and dateline and so like and then other than that it's the real housewives but with that it's like this feels like what my mom would watch where she watches all of the hallmark lifetime movies that are basically this what this movie is making fun of and stuff and so with that it just like brought a whole nother level of not just complexity but just like relatability for me of being like oh like i i could connect with this and i think what also made me blown away by this movie is i didn't know what the true story was going into it I only knew that this was getting popular based off of letterbox reviews and stuff and I'm like oh I'll go watch that and I knew it was based on a true story but I didn't know what it was and when I found out what true story it was based off of as the movie went on I was blown away and so I think that's that's what makes this high on my list all right
0: justice for Charles Melton
1: <laughs> okay so my number seven is Priscilla
0: Oh, I love Priscilla.
1: Um, it's yeah, not on my list. It's not on your list. Is it on anybody else's list?
3: Not on mine either, but I did really enjoy it for sure.
1: Okay. Um, so I watched almost 100 films from 2023. Yes. so mm-hmm. still
0: haven't seen it. <laughs> probably in my top 20.
1: Yeah, so um I'll just keep I'll, I'll try to speed things up here a little bit, so I'll be brief. Um, I really enjoy Priscilla. I thought it was really, um, I thought it was really fascinating watching this this story, um, unfold and like seeing, you know, it's it's really like a devastating story, but it is just so it is so fascinating to like see this story that we're much more familiar with this story of Elvis from like the outside perspective slash quote unquote, the person that was closest to him, heavy quote unquote with that. Um, and it's just a, it's just a really great movie all around. I was really, uh, I was really moved by it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Oscar nominations, Priscilla, is the kind of movie that should be in the hair and makeup category yes. and the costume category Yep. and arguably production design. But honestly, the production design category is just like crazy stacked, but like definitely hair and makeup and yeah. costumes. Like so good. Loved Priscilla. My number seven is The Royal Hotel.
1: Nice. Uh-huh. I haven't <laughs> seen it. <laughs> I think I'm I the only that. person
0: that's seen it yeah. uh, I
1: don't
2: this even is know what this is one of my is.
0: favorite What'd you say?
2: I don't it even know what it is. it is
0: Well I talked about it on the podcast um, This is one of my favorite Movies, movie experiences Experiences in the theater This year um, I found myself clapping um, I was alone Also I was by myself There was not a single other person in the movie theater with me so this is a Kitty Green film for anybody that hasn't seen it, which is everybody that I'm talking to right now, and probably everybody that's listening. Um, Kitty Green is the director of um, The Assistant, which came out in 2020. Um, also, starting starring Julia Gardner, um, and this film is a it's a fascinating thriller about women um, working in a male-dominated small town and um, surviving and navigating discrimination and sexism and uh, predatory behaviors, things like that. It is show, show good. Um, it made my top 10. Number seven. Very nice. Number
2: six, Joel. Number six.
3: My number six is Godland. Haven't seen it. Yeah, that, that's my... Hmm?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> we had one of those back-to-back.
3: Yeah, uh, Godland is one that is definitely not for everybody. Um, but it is for me. Um it's it's a it's a danish icelandic film um and the director said he's more he was more interested in how opposites juxtapose against each other um have inherent drama uh he's more interested in that than he was any like plot and storyline which if you watch the movie yeah there's not a whole lot of plot um but it's So the movie has, you know, cold and warm. It has the Danish culture and the Icelandic culture that um, clash a lot of times. Um, It's uh, rooted in the uh, Danish colonization of Iceland, but it is a fictional story um, within that. Um, And it's also... So the first half of the movie is a priest um, coming from Denmark and getting to um, the town where he is to establish a church um it's a grueling journey it nearly kills him um and then the second half of the movie is him in this town um and there are no women in the film until about halfway and the director said that that was intentional so that there's like a sigh of relief now that and there's like that injects warmth into the film um yeah, it has it uses the academy ratio and it's shot on film so like it it looks like so the 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 priest is a photographer um using the silver plates and so like the the film looks like you're looking through his camera at times um pretty much like always a type of camera like that but sometimes it looks like you're looking through his specifically and i think that's a really interesting technique because it establishes this like long gaze on everything that we're looking at um and it, it's also really it, it so it demands your patience for sure and there's like almost an element of dark satire to it um and yeah i just i loved it something really interesting to me going back to the opposites thing is that um it's danish name which is uh von Skapt land that means uh, godforsaken land, and in um, Icelandic, it's land, which is miserable land. So with the opposites in the film, we also have godland versus godforsaken and miserable land. Um, I spent a lot of time listening to interviews that um, Linnar Palmishan has given. Um and yeah that it it it's just deep in my love for the film it's very much a story of man versus nature um trying to conquer it, being very unyielding to anything presented to him, um trying to impose himself and his will his beliefs on everything that he sees um until he returns to the earth
0: amazing I've heard good yeah, things highly about i recommend God's yeah. if you
3: if you don't like glacially paced movies with very little plot skip it if that sounds like a good time to you you will love it it's cinematography wise sounds it like is, it's up freddie's i most love glacially yeah, yeah. paced
1: movies think, with almost zero
3: plot yeah it's Freddy, also, i think you'll really love it um cinematography wise landscapes it's one of the most beautiful films of the it's year, also sure. on
2: the criterion channel freddie
1: Hey, it's exactly up my alley. <laughs>
2: yep.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you started she talking married. about it, number I was
2: like, oh, 6. My number 6 is Oppenheimer. you you're number 6.
0: Amazing. Hey.
1: <laughs> my number 6 is Asteroid City.
0: <laughs>
4: oh. Oh.
1: <laughs> I'm um,
0: so excited.
1: Jeff Goldblum, that you have snub, this Connor. on your list. Yeah,
0: I also have this on my list.
1: Nice. Is it on anybody else's list?
3: No. No, but I did really like it. I need to rewatch it. I think to get like the full scope of it.
1: Yeah, I just. I. I mean, it's. It is. Um. It's another Wes Anderson movie of him just it's it's Wes Anderson being Wes Anderson like (laughs) he he just fucking he just does it he just does it and he always makes it look easy
0: Um, how this movie got all the way through award season without getting any any attention
1: it's because people can't get over like, the I'm, the visual flair of Wes Anderson movies, and I'm, it's like people can't fucking decide if they like stylized things or if they hate stylized things.
0: I'm sorry, but those vending machines are real. Yeah, those are real vending machines that mm-hmm. were made for this movie, and this movie did not get a production design nomination.
1: It's like the everything Screw in that movie. That. It's like this Screw entire. That. Film is like a quintessential example of production design.
0: No, that's literally what it is. It's like the oh, only this- reason
1: that the the only reason that the cinematography works is because of the production design. Yep. Like you can't get that shot where it's like four ninety degree turns to show each section of this town yeah. without making a set that Functions Literally, for that shot. They specifically. shot.
0: They shot this movie in the desert of Spain. Yeah, and built this town.
1: Yeah, like, like it, it, it's just like, like go to
0: hell. You're Just asleep at the <laughs> for wheel, not guys. Giving credit to this movie. Um, I also just love the writing of
4: this movie. It's so funny.
0: Like. It's it's funny, but when you get towards the end and you have that scene, and Margot Robbie shows up for one, Margot Robbie shows up for one, like two minute scene, one monologue. She gets one monologue.
4: Mm-hmm. She gets
0: one conversation with Jason Schwartzman's character, and I'm a fucking puddle in my yeah. seat. Like, um, it is so beautiful, and yeah that's the thing with wes anderson
1: and like people want to just always talk about he just wrecks you people just they're always like it's style over substance style over substance like what the fuck are you talking about there is so much
0: substance get out of here
1: because it comes in and it sneaks up on you it's like the same thing with the darjeeling limited it does the same thing where all of a sudden you just get like Completely blindsided by the emotional core of the movie out of nowhere. And it's like, God damn. And then it's so good. And then you
2: have
0: Jeff Goldblum playing an alien. Yeah. When, like, what more do you want, guys?
1: Best Supporting Actor. Has-
2: <sighs> Hashtag justice for my boy.
1: For real.
0: <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Asteroid City is also on my list. What number are we on?
1: We are on number six.
0: Oh, my number six is Killers of the Flower Moon. Hey so uh number five
3: number five my number five is the holdovers
0: oh nice hey did this make everybody else's list?
3: yes
2: it it made my list.
0: It did not make my list sorry oh
3: <sighs> wow really oh it did not. Joel? it's okay Ch- Ch- it's okay paul hanum she loves you well um, it's, it's
2: to be fair emma's seen 100- a <laughs> hundred
3: i have seen yeah. 102 and it's yeah. on my list so it, i yeah. don't know um uh, but no i so there's this danish word it's hugge h-y-g-g-e and it it means essentially the feeling of coziness um and yeah cozen this contentment and well-being and this was just the hug movie of the year um the 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 sets the the way it's meant to look like it was the 70s um it it felt like a warm sweater the entire time um paul giamatti i will not be upset if he went to the oscar honestly i i, I love him in this movie um, I think Dominic Sessa should have gotten more attention this season. Um and then D- Divine Joy Randolph is just fucking she sweeping everything. Yep. She's gonna win it. She um, has to win it. She's I, going to.
0: But honestly yeah. I'm kinda with to. you. I'm kinda with you on the Paul Giamatti. It might happen. It all depends on who wins yeah. the sag. It all depends yeah. on that, honestly.
3: Yeah, I my I took my mother to see this and she hates movies that cuss and she loved <laughs> this. So I don't know if there's any higher praise I can give it than that, but um yeah, I it's it's a warm sweater, it's a cup of apple cider on a snowy day, it is it, it's something I'm gonna rewatch every year, for sure.
2: Freddie, would you like to talk about the holdovers since it's time Yes. Um Before I think
1: I, do. I just I love <sighs> it's just it's like a phenomenal slice of life coming of age like character drama it's it's incredibly well written it's so funny it's so heartfelt and i think the best the best thing i can say about it is this i saw um i saw the holdovers in theaters with my brother-in-law shout out nick hopefully you're listening
4: Shut up! We'll out get you eventually.
1: Uh, but I saw it with him, and he didn't know anything about it when we went to the theater. And to be honest, it doesn't. When we went to go see it, it didn't seem like the type of movie that would be up his alley, right? And so I was like, you know, you know, maybe he'll like it, But maybe he'll just be like, yeah, that was okay. He fucking loves this movie. He has watched the holdovers probably eight times by now he loves this movie so i'm like like this is how good this movie is even people where it's like it doesn't even it might not even seem like at first they're gonna like it it's just it's that
3: fucking good yeah um, shout out real quick to the, uh, the, the bar store employee that they cast in the movie to give one line, maybe my favorite line in the entire movie. My entire theater was busting out laughing at it.
1: Which <laughs> store did you say?
2: When he's getting equipment. the alcohol. It's, uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. It's uh he's telling him about when he hit a guy with his car and the, 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 yeah, the, sorry, the liquor store. Yeah. Yeah. The, the liquor, liquor store, store employee hands him the bottle and says, here you go. Killer.
1: Yeah oh yeah
3: <laughs> yeah for me the holdovers is t-
2: since we did our podcast episode about it it's s- not slowly it is rapidly grown to be the best christmas movie for me i do think that this is for the film community cinephiles and just a select group of people this is going to be a christmas classic like it's a wonderful life of like you have to sit and watch it versus just have it on as background like l for christmas vacation and stuff but for but for also for me it's just it 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 reminds me a lot of why i love uh, a christmas story where it's a movie that was shot in the seventies, but feels like it was made in the fifties. And I feel like the holdovers is going to be the same thing of give it 30 years and people are going to be like, wait, this movie wasn't made in the seventies and was made in 2022. <laughs> like I think yeah. that. I, I feel like a lot of like, I feel like it's going to be that. And the fact that it's that good of being authentically seventies, but also like, like what freddie was saying being authentically slice of life like it's it's great like it is it is and what joel is saying like it's the perfect warm warm cozy sweater movie of the fact that me personally i wouldn't mind this winning best picture i think that this neither this is the conversation of like if this wins best picture i think that's the one where i think might surprise people but wouldn't be as big of a surprise in the vein of people would be like well it deserves it you know and and I think that that's that's the conversation that's being held but yeah the holdovers is great bomb and dad if you're listening to this by the by the time this episode is coming out and you still haven't seen it you have my peacock walk in please watch the holdovers it is so good I also own I it on it. Vudu Go please watch, watch the
1: holdovers
3: <laughs>
0: Wait, so that was Freddy's turn, right?
3: Yes. No. no, that was mine.
0: That was yours. Okay. So then it's Connor's turn for number five, number right? F-
2: number five. By number five, this is where I would describe as these are 10 out of 10 movies for me. So before, like, they, they would be 10 out of 10s, but, like, this is legit. From five to one for me, these are what I consider the best of the best Movies and number five is Bottoms. Okay, I love the movie Bottoms. <laughs> like, I don't think a movie has you just, hit. You just gotta own this, it.
1: Connor. Say it. Huh? I love Bottoms.
2: Yes, <laughs> I don't think a movie has hit this hard for me, <laughs> laughter-wise, than Booksmart. And I think also in the same vein as really kept. Cap- captivating what my high school experience was like, not saying that this movie is literally like not a teen movie. It is basically a parody of high school uh, movies. But I think like the fact of like what they're parroting is what I really attached to of like my high school experience of the school loving football, even though the football team sucks (laughs) <laughs> but like you just have to like football because that's all the high school will put money towards. The football players all wearing their high school like the full on uniforms is the funniest thing I've ever seen on film. <laughs> you could like, uh, the sound
0: design of the cleats on the hallway yeah. floor. Yes.
2: <laughs> so funny. Marshawn Lynch is a gift to this earth to act. The fact I love that, that man. The fact that they. The, the reason why they found him was they did the murderville episode with will will arnett and they realized oh marshall lynch is funny but he's funny because he's unintentionally funny and i think that's the best improv that, that you can get out of that man because he is also very funny as being a sports guy that likes sports in in, in a way me uh marshall lynch was the best part of growing up of he was the skittles guy of the seattle seahawks and everything
3: um, i'm just here so i don't get fined so i
2: don't get fined <laughs> yeah uh but with bottoms it's just it's it's just so good like it's exactly what i want out of comedies and i want more comedies to come into theaters and at this point it being my number five i just need to Have a seat with MGM and ask where the physical release of this movie is because I need it.
3: Facts,
0: man, hell yeah! Love, poor, love bottoms. Your turn, Freddie.
1: My number five is poor things,
0: man, hell yeah.
1: Um. Is it on anybody else's list?
3: It's on mine.
1: Nice.
3: It is not online.
1: mine. Still no. haven't seen it. Okay. Um, Poor things. Is it just a? It's just a phenomenal movie. Honestly, like going over talking about all these movies. Twenty twenty three is. It's
0: a pretty pretty badass year.
1: It's a pretty yep. badass year for uh, for. Films Movies. made by and made for women. Well, I guess this one isn't made by women, but um, direct, <laughs> I should say. But it's as far as like films just about women and like being a woman, there's a whole lot of really great ones. And Poor Things is a fucking great one. Like,
0: yeah, it really is. It's so good. Um, Especially for not being made by a woman.
1: Yeah, it's honestly, it's kind of shocking um but i do i think i i love the way that i just love the way that this movie dismantles men
0: yeah, yeah like you yeah. have
1: all of these <laughs> male characters and they all get like systematically picked apart by a character that is like essentially wholly unbound by patriarchy because she has no like she does not have, like, the nurture of being raised In a completely patriarchy, within patriarchy.
0: Yeah. No, and, and to your point, I do think they are undone, but they undo themselves. Yeah,
1: and that's the thing, because <laughs> they, they always themselves. fucking do. They always do, because they... the patriarchy fucking wrecks men. <laughs>
0: yeah, Exactly. <God. laughs> no, exactly. Like, I think that's a huge point of this movie is, like, um... And it's a common theme in a lot of 2023 movies, Mm -hmm. which is that the patriarchy is just as harmful to men as it is to women. And um, uh, no, I just every single male character in this movie is just like they don't. They don't know what to do.
4: They just don't. They, they don't just do, do not know what to do. They just fall um, apart.
0: It works really well oh, as a man. comedy. It works really well as, like, philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, it works really well as ideology. Um, and a lot of things are, like... Because because Bella is a stand-in, you know, for just humanity. Yeah. And, like, what it means to, like, be a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... That was kind of like my biggest takeaway from this movie because I, I hear, yeah, it's about Bella and it's about a woman. And a lot of it is about the female experience and, you know, what it means to kind of like be a woman in a patriarchy and like to be ogled at, to be, um, you know. Objectified. To be objectified, to be preyed upon, to, yeah. you know, all of these things or, you know, to be thought of as stupid or lesser because of your sex, however, my 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 watch through this movie is Bella as a person, like mm-hmm. as a not a specific gender, and the way that she learns and grows and changes and becomes a fully realized human being um, is such a beautiful thing because it's it's a lot of things. It's um language, it's sex, but it's also food. Yeah. And music and art and yeah. dancing. And um and the way that she and like thinking. And thinking. Yeah. And yeah. the way that she like the the, the beautiful childlike all that she has in discovering these things. Like the first time she dances is just like, Mm -hmm. just one of the best dance scenes ever, but just, it's just so wholesome and, and, and beautiful. But no, I just think that Emma stone is like doing something that I don't think I've ever seen her do. And the way that she is portraying Bella not as a person with mental challenges, but like as like a child almost is like just really endearing. So anyway, yeah, Poor Things is also on my list.
3: I think the most accurate depiction of a man in a movie this year is Mark Buffalo yes. saying, saying, don't fall in love with me. You don't want to do that. And then groveling at her feet. <laughs> yes. Bella, literally, literally. Bella literally that was i I saw that i was like oh i know like 50 of those guys my favorite line
0: is when bella turns to him and she's like we are we are the means to our own production
1: yeah we are our own means of production (laughs) i was like fuck yeah it's so good it's so
0: good (sighs) all right guys um my number five is asteroid city hey we're like one number away yeah uh so we can move on to number four
3: my connor if you want to say it
2: number four sorry i hit my mic muted
3: <laughs> is the movie that brought me to you guys killers of the flower moon hey um, we have discussed that like they said on two podcasts you can also find uh my writing on it uh on slate.com or on Letterboxd, um, or a handful of other podcasts. So I do not need to talk about it anymore right now. And with Love the it. Letterboxd, you were featured on Letterboxd in review. Oh, yeah, yeah. the The movie that got me featured, not only in the interview with Scorsese article, Ooh. but also... On the Letterboxd Year in, rev- year in Review, um, I was the first review they listed under the popular positive reviews yeah. section. Yeah. Um, I had Congratulations. no idea. Yeah, it was, I, I saw that and I'm glad I was sitting down because like, wow. <laughs> but yeah, so if you if you somehow haven't seen that yet, I encourage you to go read it. I'm very proud of it.
0: We're proud of you too.
3: Yes, we are. Alrighty. My number four
2: is Barbie.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. I was wondering when we were going to talk about Barbie.
2: Finally. It's about damn <laughs> time. Pretty- it's going to be it's
0: high about out. damn time.
2: It's about damn time.
0: I mean, we um, are in the top four. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and like I said with my list, these are 10 out of 10 movies. I yeah. am, I think like I did say on this podcast before, the only thing that I have to complain about with Barbie is just the car sponsorship scene. Wait a but, minute! Like,
4: yeah,
0: it, like, wait I, a minute. Is Barbie not on anybody's list? <laughs> it
3: is not on mine. Oh
0: gosh, Joel.
3: Um,
1: is it? Yeah, it's on my, it's, Of course, it's on my list. It's, it's <laughs> of course, it's of my on my favorite
3: list. Theater. <laughs> It's one of my favorite theater experiences and it's one of the most fun movies. Um like I've seen it I think 5 or 6 times at this point, but it just it just didn't make the top 10. That yeah, is, for that me is,
0: That is fine. <laughs> for...
3: That
1: was fine with the period after it, just so fine. we're on the same page. <laughs> fine.
2: <laughs> for me why it's it's the sci-up um is just the fact that like the same thing of the theater experience was great. I love like it was the first time I saw the movie theater like that packed since seeing it yeah. it chapter one in college. Um oh Freddy knows God, that experience. That insane.
3: <laughs>
2: but uh, more of lore. Uh but like with with I think the best experience i got was sitting next to a mom and her daughter and the mom like barbie was spider-verse for this mom where pretty much (laughs) everything in the movie she was like Oh, I had that doll, or oh, I remember that yeah. outfit. Like oh, like pointing at the screen where when I went to go see Spider Verse, these kids are being like, oh my god, it's it's that Spider Man, you know, or or that. And uh, in the back of my brain, like with the Spider Man one specifically, I remember telling Tasha, I'm like, they got annoying because they're literally right next to me and I can hear them. But I did say, I'm like. Well, if there was a Batman movie that was the same thing, I would be them. I'd be like, oh, like Leonardo DiCaprio meme, like, oh my God, it's that Batman. Oh my God, it's that. So, like, I can't really complain when, like, you know, (laughs) pot calling the kettle black. So with Barbie, it was just great. And then it's just this weird thing that people just gravitate towards me sometimes because I stay for the credits. And these the the mom and the mom asked me how i liked the movie and we just had a good conversation about like what the movie was and stuff because she saw that i was by myself and so with that and then seeing it with tasha and just seeing like just the love that this movie is it was just like yeah like it's it's great like i i, I don't know what to say other than what has already been said like it's just a fantastic movie that i'm glad that i now own on 4k i like the 4k disc like it, it's something that i do think i will rewatch constantly like it it to me this feels like the lego movie of something where like i know we kept saying like greta gerwig was the thing that got butts and seats but i do think this movie was like the lego movie of really they're making a barbie movie okay we'll see how that is and it wasn't until people sat and saw it that they're like, oh, this is special. Like, this is like, this is legit. And, and it just goes why, to show that, that's that why it's in the top 10. You can
0: hire women to direct movies. You can make movies that are about women and female stories. And you can make them hyper feminine. And you can make. A shitload of money.
1: You can yeah. make money hand over fucking fist.
0: So Hollywood, stop being
1: Because this is all you guys sexist. care about, right? <laughs> this is what you care about, right? Is the fucking bottom line and the money. But then suddenly that's not what you care about when it comes to women being involved. Interesting. <laughs>
0: women. Yeah, so um obviously Barbie. Is Barbie means a lot
1: to me. Barbie means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. And like,
2: yeah, I feel it's like, it's I, like <laughs> I feel like the best way I can describe like I, I do described think it, it was to really Tasha. Well, I described it to Tasha of like 'cause like I was like when I showed Tasha Barbie, I'm like, yeah, like Emma really likes Barbie. And I go, I think if we had this podcast last year, what Barbie is this like last year meaning 2022 but 2023 Barbie is what I felt with the Batman Matt Reeves is the Batman Where that was my movie of 2022, where I just couldn't shut the fuck up about the Batman, and I feel like Barbie Barbie is just try to get me to stop talking about Barbie.
0: I won't. I have made Barbie (laughs) uh, my personality, and so that's that's great. That's where we're at. Um, It means a lot to me. I knew I was going to love this movie because Greta Gerwig made it. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So. I just think she's just so unabashedly, um, she she unabashedly makes feminine movies. And I, and I think a lot of the times, like, the only time, like, women directors can get respect is when they make, like, quote unquote, like, what is mainstream. Like, I think about, like, the first woman to ever win Best Director is Catherine Bigelow. She makes very hyper masculine movies Mm -hmm. um and so Greta's just like no I'm gonna and I think Sofia Coppola is also like this her movies are very feminine um and and neither one of them are afraid to just like be women and make female centered uh media which is something that's just like you know there's just not enough of it in the in the you know so, it means a lot to me.
3: Um, it is
0: It is so much fun. It is so funny. And, um, yeah, there's just so many good things to say about this movie.
1: Like, I laughed as hard as I cried.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and
3: I took my mom to see it. She did not want to see it. She was complaining to the theater workers that I, at the theater I worked at um, that I was making her see it. And then she cried in the credits. So, ha. <laughs>
1: Gotcha, yeah. Mom. Gotcha. But I just think, uh, I do think you're right with uh, Greta Gerwig, though. It's like m- making making unapologetically feminine movies. Down and to it's... the
0: titles of all three of her
1: films. Mm-hmm.
0: Lady Bird, Little Women, and Barbie. Yeah. Like, she's just not, she just doesn't give a fuck.
1: Yeah. And she shouldn't have to yeah. because it's too, we're we're too far along in all of this for it to just You know how many just, times like, I've heard dudes it,
0: say, I don't want to watch Little Women because it's called Little Women. Yeah. And I'm not saying that applies to any of you. I'm saying that, that are, that's things. Those you don't, are need things that 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 don't need to that make that clarification
1: to us. You don't need to make that clarification to us. Out of no.
0: dudes mouths. And I'm just like, you're the dumbest being alive
3: little women is a five no little movie. women
0: is perfect it's perfect
3: it's, i i likened it to the 60s boston celtics where just like a group of hall of famers are getting directed by a hall of famer in his own right to make like the best product you've ever yeah. seen yeah
4: mm-hmm.
0: absolutely it's it's so, it,
1: you should it's taking up space that's what it is it's it's not it's taking up space and demanding it because you deserve it yeah and like Anyway, can't say enough
0: about. uh, We love Greta Gerwig. We love Barbie. We love um, that movie. So, okay. So it's
1: it's uh, me.
2: It's friend number four.
0: Number four.
1: Number four. Number four. The boy and the heron. Hell yeah! (laughs) Love it. So we've already talked about that. So Emma.
0: Um. So my top four. Uh, movies are all five star movies. Mm-hmm. Everything that I said before this, just to recap: Asteroid City, Killers of the Flower Moon, Royal Hotel, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, The Boy in the Heron, and Saltburn are all four and a half stars for me. Uh, the the rest are five star movies. Starting with number four is Poor Things. Is hey. a five star movie. It's perfect. I just really dig this. I've seen it uh twice now yeah so i um i really love it we already talked about it so yeah. that takes us to number three.
3: number three number three so this is where my five star movies start um 10 through 4 again the iron claw john Wick Four, anatomy the fall godzilla minus one goblin the holdovers ankylas of the flower moon all four and a half Number three, Spider-Man across the spider. Five star movie. Nice. Yeah, I, I again I thought I might have it too high. I went and saw it again, and I was like, no, it's 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 number three. I can that tell you sense. right now,
0: it's not too high.
3: No. <laughs>
1: it's sure. <ain't. laughs> Alrighty.
2: So
0: Hold on, it's Seabear's turn.
2: Yeah.
1: You're
0: number yeah. three.
2: By number three. It's the holdovers. Hell yeah! I really l- like the holdovers. It's so Love good.
3: It.
1: Hell <laughs> fucking yeah! Palm you know what? You know? Marty, you know? A what? Marty
2: Wolf picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What did you say? A Marty Wolf picture, dude. Big fat liar. Hell
1: yeah! Come on. Hell yeah! <laughs> you, you know what else? You know what else? You know what I think, Connor?
4: I like the way you
1: think. The holdovers is my number oh, motherfucking look 3. <laughs> look at
2: that. <laughs> Yo. Well, to continue I'm like a wolf over there.
0: <laughs> to continue with this trend, um uh Joel and I have something in no common way. because my number 3 oh, okay. is Spider Man across hey, the Spider verse <laughs> Five that's out of five. So,
1: that is so cool. Let's go.
0: <laughs> um that movie f- rips. So um there we go. Number three has been done. Let's yeah. move on to number two.
1: Alrighty. Connor.
3: My number two. <laughs> nice. Movie of twenty twenty-three is Oppenheimer. Wow. Hey. Wow, that's very Oppia. high. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I I I don't know what to tell you it's just there are movies that you feel like (laughs) are made with you in mind and this is one of those for me love it absolutely
2: my Jack Quaid my number two is definitely something that's not on anybody's list
4: (laughs) so I I can
0: actually talk
2: about this movie Cocaine
4: because
0: I'm surprised I haven't heard it yet
2: Yep. My number two is Talk to Me.
0: Oh, that's not what I was thinking, honestly.
2: Yes. Okay, so...
0: Okay, never mind. I'm not going to say anything.
2: Nope.
0: No, you can go. I was surprised Saw didn't make your top ten. Which one? So, Saw X. Oh.
2: So... Yeah, we don't need to get into ones, it. We don't yeah, need to get before into number it, ones I just... we'll get into our honorable mentions, but yeah. Okay, uh, great. But number two is talk to me. This a is a movie,
4: movie
2: mm-hmm. that not just blew me away, but I fully was engulfed in. Mm. I know the directors because I occasionally here and there watch the YouTube videos from Raka Raka. These are the Rocka Raka people from YouTube. And just the underdog story that follows of uh I randomly got their YouTube video of them going to Sundance to premiere the film and then them getting the phone call of them getting acquired by eight twenty four and seeing that video immediately other than Mission Impossible Fallout or Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, talk to me I will Backtrack was legit my number one most anticipated movie. To the point where I didn't see a trailer and I avoided all the marketing because I was all in based on uh the YouTube video of them getting acquired by A24. And I was like, this is it, like this is gonna be great, and then the word of mouth of Sundance, the people that went to Sundance of being like like this is gonna blow people away, and it it did. Like it's everything that I love about horror, and this is on the level of Hereditary, and not just a lot of eight twenty four horror movies, but just bottom horror movies in general. Of like this is gonna probably be a Halloween October classic for me, of not just October, but just in general of just rewatching. I. Absolutely love this movie.
0: Nice. Awesome. I enjoyed Talk to Me a lot. Um didn't make my top I, ten. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, but it's so good.
1: It does. I still so here's the like, it's it's really my to top see it. horror film. Yeah. I do think it has one of the funniest pieces of merch though. That's just hilarious to me. Of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um A twenty four shop, if you know, you know. Yeah. Um Okay. My number two, which as soon as I say this, well, everybody will know what my number one is. I mean, I feel like everybody already knows what my number one is. But uh, my number two is Barbie. woo, woo. So oh, yeah,
4: I definitely, just okay, finished I, talking about Barbie. I figured so, it out.
0: Okay. I had yeah. to like do a, the little math in my head. and then Yeah,
4: like, it's CMT okay, for Freddy. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> the one movie I said was on my list that we have that I haven't named yet. So <laughs> But yeah. So my number two is Barbie. We just got done talking about it, so still love it. Just like I did four minutes ago. <laughs> <Love it. laughs>
0: All right. My number two um have not heard it on anybody's list. It has not been brought no. up on this podcast, on this recording. Mm. but it is nominated for Best Picture. It is nominated oh, for what it is. Best Original Screenplay.
2: I already know. Yep.
0: Celine Song's Past. Yeah!
1: Hey, yeah. Nice. It's because I haven't seen it. It's also because I haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> um, I have a feeling that i don't know about you connor but i have a feeling that if freddie saw this movie it would be in his top 10
2: i think it might be for me because like last year th- my cutoff for the only movie that made in my t- top 10 that made the cutoff was made december i normally cut off the list at the end of the year because it's like i like to make my list on letterboxd of like what i watched that year but the only movie that i saw after that year that i technically saw in 2024 was made december and i'm like well this is so good that if it makes my top 10 then it deserves to be on the list that's why i don't have blackberry um my list and other 2023 movies but like last year after sun was a movie that when i saw it i was like fuck that would have made my list and so i feel like the same thing with past lives of how much people have talked about it i'm like that might make my list and it's the same to with poor things i haven't seen poor things and i think that also yeah. might make my list so
1: i was, um, here's the thing i was going to watch but w- past lives was a movie that i was going to watch um when i was when i was going to watch maestro it was but just, also a24 I streaming
0: where come on yeah. put it on a streaming service. That was the thing.
1: It's like I can I literally can't watch it. Like
0: people need to have access to a movie like this, especially yeah. because it is such a small yeah. indie film from a person from a person who has never once written or directed anything in her life.
1: Mm-hmm. She
0: is a That's she is mainly a theater uh, play playwright. Yeah. And this is her first ever feature film that she wrote and directed by herself and y'all Joel have you seen past lives I have um damn when I say like this shit rocked me it moved me to my core it's beautiful I'm gonna cry just thinking about it (laughs) it's just like yeah it's just like um one of those movies that just like um i you, it's undeniable like as soon as it was as Absolutely. soon as it was over, I was just like that's a perfect movie that's a yeah. the, the there is no flaw I cannot find a flaw, therefore it's a perfect movie, and it just um just that last scene <sighs> <laughs>
4: And it's yeah. just like
0: yeah. it's just like her walking back to her her guy. And I'm just like, okay, I'm a wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. so good. Uh yeah, this is this that's a five star movie for me, guys. Um, I'm really bummed that at least two of us haven't seen it. Um it's 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 perfect. It's perfect. I love it.
3: It is. <laughs> Alright. So now we're running through honorable mentions real quick. Let's do
0: let's do honorable mentions and our number one. We are
3: at Yeah Okay. Honorable so mentions we're at slash, one. slash
0: Honorable Mentions.
3: <laughs> honorable mentions so my, slash
2: number one.
3: My honorable mentions, um I'll just do fifteen to eleven. Um at fifteen I have Theater Camp.
0: Love that movie. uh
3: fourteen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three. Wow. Thirteen, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Uh twelve, May December, and eleven, talk to me. Wow.
0: And you're number and one. I is... did want to
3: give a I, I do want to give a quick shout out. It's not in the fifteen to eleven, but Fancy Dance, uh, directed by Erica Turnboy, starring Lily Gladstone. Saw it at Sundance last year, loved it, still doesn't have distribution. But for I think real. That I've been trying to watch all this of you guys, movie. I think all of you guys are gonna love that when it comes yeah. out. Now my number one film of 2023
4: is Past Lives. Yes, Joel!
3: <laughs> it is... Yes, Joel! Uh, it, it... I'm
4: gonna, <laughs> Emma, are you I'm
3: gonna okay? cry.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is, it's, uh, I, it's I amazing. think it is. It, 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 it's not only what you said, Emma, but it, it's also like a romantic, romanticization of yourself and the relationships you had when you were young um like wishing you could go back and be that same person while also having to acknowledge that you're not that person anymore um it's also like i love that it's a movie that could not be set at any other time um no, like it, it has, is, it is such a 21st century movie. Like the technology just didn't exist in the 21st and, century,
0: and it's and, yeah. and this and is like, something I said in my review. It's deeply rooted in the immigrant experience.
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. God. Um, but yeah, I uh, as someone who has done long distance relationships, um, every good and bad thing was just on the screen there. Um, yes, especially like. I think that and this is what i I wrote this in my review i think that these kind of relationships we know going in that they probably won't work and so there's like a sense of doom in them from the beginning um and that just like lets our imaginations flow and like you build you can build a a future life with somebody that you'll never meet Mm. um and then you know eventually they become one of your past lives Mm. um and I, I think that it's a it's a really beautiful look of how people in this kind of relationship, like, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But why can't anything be possible yeah. just for a little while, you know? Um, and also, like, I, I was really blown away by how at the same time, the juxtaposition of less lonely and more lonely. Because, like, you have human connection, but it's through a screen. Like, mm-hmm. you can't. Like, physically being in the same space. Um, One
0: of the things that I really loved about past lives that I just didn't mention when I was, like, trying to, like, not cry was <laughs> how there's almost, like, no conflict in the movie at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no um, there's no character that comes off in a negative way at all. Everybody's so mature and everybody is so level-headed. Yeah. And everybody is just yeah. so um, – just somebody I would just, like, be friends with. <laughs>
3: yeah. um, the the line, like, who who you are to him is someone who stays just
0: destroyed
3: ugh. me when I was in the theater. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's a testament to especially um, John Magro. I think I'm pronouncing that right. John Magaro, Magaro. maybe. It's,
0: it's um, Magaro,
3: yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a second A that I didn't see. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a spot where he's like you know in a story like this I'm the evil white husband that's preventing you from being with who you want, and he really could have been mm-hmm. like easily if the writing wasn't as strong if as it writing is was if cynical. the direction wasn't yeah. if his performance <laughs> wasn't as strong as it was because like he really never comes close to feeling like an evil white husband Ooh, like he, he doesn't come so off as jealous compassion yeah she he comes has so home. much compassion so much empathy for what his wife has gone through and what she's feeling in this she moment. comes
0: home from hanging out with her childhood love by herself and he's just like on the couch playing video games like unbothered
4: yeah, <laughs> unbothered. yeah. <laughs> yeah and
3: it's like I, I think it's I think it's done so perfectly because you you can't really root against Arthur no. ever. Like And you can't root I against was like, T- I was like I would love to see um, Right. I would I would love to see these two get together, but like I'm not upset that they didn't. Like it makes sense. It's perfect. Like genuinely literally it's a perfect movie. My favorite movie, movie of twenty twenty
0: three. Hell yeah. I was kinda wondering what it would be, and then you really just like pulled through <laughs> for me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you really did.
0: Uh, I wonder what sea bears number one is going to be. But first, what is your honorable mentions?
2: Honorable mentions got no. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> again, because I think we know. Uh, honorable mentions would be these are in no particular order. Pretty much the top ten. Like it's really tough from twenty twenty to ten. It it was it was tough. Um, so yeah so no in particular order I'm just gonna rattle off the ones that I do want to shout out which would be no one will save you that one was really good Uh, pneumonia again everyone please watch pneumonia I really like pneumonia TMNT mutant mayhem Uh, Saw X obviously (laughs) for me Thanksgiving as well the Eli Roth horror movie very good very well done And then the biggest one that I would shout out that everyone needs to see is Polite Society. It
0: almost... I love Polite Society.
2: (laughs) It literally almost made my top 10 and that was the decision of do I not put killers of the fire moon and i put (laughs) polite society like would people get upset that i don't have killers and so that that was really the decision i had to make the whole week of making my list and so polite society is very good everyone please see it but my number one movie i would have loved
3: to see a costume nomination for that yes like
2: it and the the biggest thing about that movie is i'm excited to see what they make next um and yeah. I think that goes for a lot of movies. Because another one that I would shout out is the D&D movie. It's not really good. But I like the directors because of Game Night. And so it's I just want to see what mm. they do next. And it's the same thing with the the Scream 6 directors. It's a lot of directors that I like. But my number one movie yeah. of the year was no doubt. Because it was... What could it be? I'm going to go see it again in theaters as of this recording tomorrow. Godzilla... Oh. Minus one. (laughs) This movie. Is a certified. Connor three Pete. Making it. (laughs) The number one movie of the year. Because last Uh year. 2022. Was Batman. And that movie. I saw three times in the theaters. If I see it three times in the theaters. You know that shit's good. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Like legit. Godzilla minus one like Joel was saying and why I didn't want to press on it cuz it's my number one. It is so good at you know a Godzilla movie's good when the Godzilla content is good and the human content is even better and the human story is just as good. Th- like it blew my expectations out of the water. I saw this in IMAX the first time in theaters and I was just blown away. By how they use the IMAX for it, uh, like I transcended life when the original score starts picking up. Specifically,
0: Dude, oh my god, like when the boats same
2: when with when, when the boats come and they're going to wrap around Godzilla and you hear the dun 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 dun. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so good. Yep, it's so good. I'm excited to see it tomorrow. As of this recording, in black and white, Godzilla minus one minus yes. color minus color. <laughs> I I'm seeing it tomorrow night. I can't wait for it. I can't wait for the 4K for this. There has to be a 4K. Please release a 4K Toho. Um, but like I I like it. I can't wait to keep watching this every year, and it's yeah. so good to the point where my best friend shout out. My best friends, Cole and Jason, where we are still talking about it in our group chat, of like, it's the best movie of the year. And to the point where my best friend, Cole, rewatched Shin Godzilla a couple times because he needs the 4K of Godzilla Minus One so he can keep rewatching that movie. It's so good. Godzilla's great.
3: I, I bit on both of the fake outs so hard i sent connor i sent connor a message i was like if these two don't end up together i swear to god (laughs) and then i sent him the the steve harvey thought about killing myself and at the end i just sent him like oprah just weeping
2: yeah it's
3: (laughs) it's great like i i
2: yeah like i really like it there's a reason the only thing that i'll shout out to really wrap this up is i've everyone if you need to watch the corridor crew video of visual effects artists react to godzilla minus one or at least godzilla clips mm. they interview the director who is the director screenwriter and visual effects lead of the movie he did the visual effects for this movie as well in the interview he talked about when they would get scene when he would get scenes of like the visual effects and the team would be like I don't know if we could do this he'd be like yes yeah, send me the shot and he would do the shots too that there's a reason that's why in, this insane. is nominated for visual effects guys
3: it, I hope it wins yes and that is why
2: it's my number one is cause this dude I cannot wait if he makes another Godzilla movie or whatever he makes I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch it this is a great director Amazing. No, I
1: didn't know any of that. That's that is incredibly impressive. Yes, incredibly. Yeah, <laughs>
3: that's insane.
1: Um, yeah. So I mean, so for me, I really, I mean, I don't have like a whole. Obviously, my list of movies that I saw is that. just going to list
0: every movie he saw in twenty twenty. No,
1: my honorable mention is John Wick Four. <laughs> that's my honorable. Yeah. Mention. Not Mario.
2: What? Yeah. Not Mario. Think you would shout out Mario. I mean,
1: I like Mario a lot. And I also really like <laughs> Tetris a lot, but I'm not gonna be like, you know, these are like the best movie like close <laughs> to the best movies of the year, you know what I mean? Um, and your
0: number one film is my
1: number one Tetris. movie is Killers <laughs> of the Flower Moon. Nice. Uh, we have it. Since we've never talked about this movie before, let me start <laughs> my two-hour-long rant. No, I'm just <laughs> Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 killers Apartment. It just is incredibly. It just I find it is I find it and just an incredibly important movie. So yeah, love it. That's my number one.
0: Okay, um, my honorable mentions are as follows: um, All of Us Strangers.
3: So
0: very good. good. <laughs> um, Rye Lane. We just we just aren't Underrated. getting rom coms. We just aren't getting rom coms, and Rye Lane swooped in the year twenty twenty three and said, "This is how you do it." Um, it's so good and very stylish.
3: Yeah, I, maybe the the best peeing scene ever put to film. Yeah. The most creative, at least.
0: Um, John Wick 4, because it's badass. And Keanu Reeves is probably the sexiest man alive.
3: Dev Patel, <laughs>
0: Dev Patel, Dev <laughs> oh, Patel. shit, Dev Patel. John, uh, Goldblum, sorry. Keanu Goldblum, Reeves is Jeff the Goldblum. second sexiest man alive, because <laughs> Dev Patel is the sexiest man alive.
4: Nah, um, Jeff Goldblum.
0: And then we have, you know, every time he says, like, you know, yeah. I just, <laughs> Keanu Reeves can just, he can get it. All right. Um, Anatomy of a Fall. Loved that movie. Just, it just, it's it's very smart. It's a very smart film. My number 11, so that uh, dude bros don't, you know, yell at me in the comments, um, is Oppenheimer. Just barely missed my top 10.
1: Let him yell at you. Who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that makes sense.
0: I wonder what my number one would be.
1: Big question. I have no idea. Big question.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, Transformers. <laughs>
4: drum roll, she's, please.
3: She's pink. <laughs> Indiana Jones dial of destiny. She's pink. She's funny.
0: She made a lot of money. Hey. Barbie. <laughs> Here
1: it is. <laughs> fucking yeah. Barbie.
0: Uh, I don't, there's nothing else to be said. Uh, Barbie, Barbie might not have been your number one movie, but Barbie is the movie of 2023.
2: It is, yeah. Yeah, no, that's
3: I do like, think
1: that, yeah. I do think that's very,
2: like that, that's very it fair. Is the
0: movie of 2023.
3: Yeah, that, so. That's pretty objective.
1: Yeah. Barbie is yeah. my number one movie, mic drop.
0: Even if you didn't like Barbie, Barbie is the movie of 2023 so that's not why it made my list but uh i mean honestly like it is a movie that's made for me and my interests <laughs> and my taste and uh it's uh incredible so there we go um we did it we everybody did
3: it. round of applause and hey. we're only at forty five minutes you're kidding no shit y'all um, can you imagine if we had the audio from yesterday it'd be like 3 hours 45 okay. it would have been so, 4 hours <laughs> we um, we're actually good on
4: time
0: Okay um <laughs> to our audience thank you for sticking around yeah. to this very long yes. podcast about um our top 10 lists It's
1: a special episode. It it's a the fourth one. It's, it's a very Oscars, special episode. So you know. If
3: if any if any episode deserves to be long.
0: Okay. So before we leave we're going to reveal February's theme, which is going to be called "Partner Picks." <laughs> so it's it's February, and February is 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 most notably the the um the month of love. But we're not going to watch lovey-dovey movies per se. Um, what we're what we're doing is something a little different, where. Um, Between the three of us, the OG triple feature people, um, we are going to have each one of our partners, meaning, um, Tasha, who is Connor's partner, Faith, who is Freddie's partner, and Cameron, who is my partner, uh, will pick a movie for us, and this can be any movie, there's no criteria, there's no rules, I mean, it could get wild, okay, um, and then we will talk about that movie um, sometimes with that person. Maybe we'll have some guests. Yeah. Some partners that are going to be guests on the show to talk about the movie that they picked. Or we will just relay information. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, we're going to start partner picks with Tasha's pick. So, Connor, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so like Emma was saying, basically I brought up this idea of wild, wild card month of let the partners pick a movie so that it's something where they could be any movie, anything that they either want us to watch, hate watch, they love, whatever. So it could be literally anything because then it could hopefully bring to a good conversation at the end where we talk about does this make a good triple feature. And for Tasha's pick... She picked The Devil Wears Prada Hell from 2006.
0: 2006.
2: Um, she, I believe, picked this because uh, she wants me to watch this uh, based on the fact that I liked 13 going on 30, and she recently rewatched it. And when she rewatched it, she was like, Connor would really like this movie. <laughs> so
0: Wait, are you telling I, me you've never seen The Devil Wears Prada?
2: Yeah, Connor, you ever I seen have, The Devil Wears Prada? Oh my I God. I have not Dude, seen The Devil
1: Wears Prada. Prada. Never I've never seen it. You're kidding. Oh my God. Yes. Guys, you're killing me right
0: Guys, now. Guys, The Devil Wears Prada is so the shit.
2: I have not it's, seen
1: The Devil Wears Prada. The Devil, Devil Wars Prada. Prada is a fucking classic of the 2000s. I,
0: I'm I so know, excited I that we're watching this. So, hell yeah. It's gonna be great. So,
2: so with All that, right. we will be doing that. Um, but as of as of now, Tasha will not be on the podcast. She will be relaying notes to me. Um. So yeah, but we can look forward to my thoughts of the first time viewing of Double Wears Prada. <laughs> Next episode. Ooh, hell yeah!
0: You can watch this for free on Max or go to your local library to rent it. Um, you can also rent or buy it from Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube, or Vudu. So you have no excuse not to watch it. Go watch it. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you for sticking around for a very long and meaningful and awesome episode.
4: Yeah, Suddenly we, see.
0: Um, yeah absolutely. Um, thanks again, Joel, for joining us. We appreciate Thank you, Joel. you. Thank yes. you for having yeah. me. Yeah. Thank
3: I for always forgetting. love uh, celebrating Movies and you guys are wonderful. Thank you.
0: Oh,
3: thank you.
0: All right. Bye, everybody.
3: Bye. Bye.